0: Two sipping and roasting is what we do light them up drink them down whiskey and cigars all around
1: cheers y'all
0: That sounds like a party. What is happening, ladies and gentlemen? Sounds like you gentlemen? might have had a party
2: already. Welcome to this fine... <laughs> hey, we play off football this weekend. Welcome to this fine radio program, uh, a podcast and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, as the world-famous smoking and toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. I and things. I am so excited for today because... And, and I'm not just saying this and, and back me up. I don't say this to everybody that comes on absolutely one of my favorite breweries in the
0: world is Lone Pine Brewery. He's been raving about this. And for,
2: we for like have years uh, we have Blake Niederhofer from uh, from Lone Pine is joining us today. So I'm happy Blue to be here. Blake. Guys. Thanks for having and me. Welcome to the show. Um so I got to tell my Lone Pine story because how I became even aware of these guys there was a restaurant in uptown uh, Houston That uh, the company used to do some business with, and I was in there once, and I was just looking for a beer to have with my meal, and I was looking, I didn't recognize uh, much of the beers that were on the list, but I was like, oh, I'll try the IPA, and as it turns out, it was Lone Pines Yellow Rose IPA and it it like blew my mind cuz i've been an ipa fan for a long you time you actually called me i did and told me about i did it. i said i've sure tried this beer <laughs> so so then we you know we hunted it down it wasn't as easy to find in stores and stuff back then as it is now
1: that's right for and, a long time it was very tough to yeah. find uh,
2: but we hunted it down and found it and i've been a fan ever since and we had we've had Lone Pine on the show before i, I the gentleman's name to uh, my mind that was on with us, but it was when you and I did the show with the New mm-hmm. Potato, and uh I was so excited, you know, leading up to the show about uh, uh they, they have the best IPA ever, and then he didn't bring it. <laughs> <laughs> which was fine. We had plenty which of is, other... which is the name of that program, yeah, by the that way. That is the name the of the best that show. IPA ever, best and, they IPA didn't bring ever it. and they didn't bring <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh, but we did have fun. That's the show. Ian, you tell the story better than I do, where so I guess it was the, the was it the Brewmaster?
1: No, no, Because no. uh, oh. we talked about this Yeah, it may have been my uh other trevor um it might have been yeah it might have been but uh I, i'm not sure i i don't remember that exactly it was
0: it was actually pretty funny because he brought everything was in uh bomber bottles yeah
1: um oh that's been a while then and yeah. uh
0: and some of it was like i guess he just pulled some straight out of the right. uh, straight out of the brewery
2: and brought it with him well and we'd had already on the show by the time this happened we'd had three maybe four that were just really outstanding yeah. for whatever they were
0: and so and he brings it on he brought uh, a couple of uh, a couple of the standards and then he he was like oh here's some stuff that we've got going on now and i don't remember what all they were i'd have to go back and look at the show yeah. but uh it was pretty funny because one of them he pours for us and he gives it to us and we take a sip and like yeah it you know, I, we're trying to be nice about it. It's like, it's not kind of up to par with the rest of them. And he goes, yeah, I don't like that one either. <laughs> I, I think he was trying to keep us honest to
2: see if yeah. we just like blow smoke up his butt the whole yes. time. Oh, I love uh, yeah. all of these. Yeah, oh, <laughs> everything's, everything's good. Well, you know, and there's stuff I like that other people that don't was like. Pretty so, funny. so you never know. But um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, it's it's uh really exciting though to have you on you guys have come out with a lot of stuff well i say a lot of stuff. a lot of stuff for you you guys don't necessarily put out a
1: beer every wednesday that's uh, right i mean we 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 have a little bit larger system and a little bit different i mean we are set up more as a uh manufacturing brewery you know we we don't do a a new beer every week but we do have quite a few new things that are um that we're working on and several that we've released recently, some of which I have here today. So. Awesome. Well, we're
2: looking forward to trying all of it and talking about, uh, I really see you guys, even though you're not like an ingenious, for example, that puts out new beers like all the time. It's kind of what they do. Uh, I still see you guys as, as being very innovative in what you choose to put out and what uh, what I see. Uh, when I Whenever I see another lone pint in the store that I haven't seen before, I immediately know it's not going to be, what i would necessarily have expected you know it's not like okay well we don't have a uh, uh a lager so here's a lager for for example it's it's right. it's usually something like oh interesting a scotch
1: ale or whatever you know so well one of the one uh. of the things that was always big for us is um you know we just wanted to make beers that we wanted to drink and so we don't usually chase fads or things and you know we've gotten a hard time because we we don't make a pastry a pastry beer or right. a uh you know a new england style love- IPA.
0: That when you look at your beer menu, it's not just IPA, IPA, IPA. Oh, here's something different for those of you who don't just love IPAs, right? <laughs> yeah, I because because so many places are just so IPA centric, and I get it; it's popular. You got to have a good IPA, and you well, guys do. You have and outstanding then there, yeah, have and then
2: there's other places that are you know but heavily into sours or, or right, whatever. But yeah. uh, but you guys are. You guys really mix it up. I never know what to
1: expect your next beer to be is, 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 is I guess the best way to say it. So, well, it's always it's always fun to experiment but uh, you know we we kind of laugh and call ourselves the Bluebell Brewery, you know, we drink all we can and sell the rest. So.
2: <laughs> love that.
1: We're uh we're certainly not making anything that we don't want to drink. Absolutely
2: love that. Uh well, I look forward to doing the tasting. We're also Ian going to be tasting a little tequila today. I have brought along a bottle of Corzo Tequila Añejo made and bottled of course in Jalisco, Mexico. So we have that too. Uh, Look for. Are you playing the tequila song? I, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, good. <laughs> good, you're on it today. Yeah, I'm doing what I can. Uh, yeah, uh, we, uh, we will talk about a number of uh, things, including, <clears throat> uh, and I'm really glad you're here because I want to get your take on this. I think New Belgium Brewery, which I really like, by the way, I love their Voodoo Ranger series, and Fat Tire has always been 1554. a 1554. Yeah. I think these guys are about to make a massive mistake, and I want to see if you think. So as a as a fellow brewer, I want to see if you think so as well. You probably but know what I'm, I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure. So, well, I'm definitely interested to yeah. see where we go
2: with so, this. All right, very good. So, so we'll talk about that. We'll uh, talk about um, we'll talk about new pricey cigars from EP Carrillo, As in really pricey. I don't think it. Yeah, and like
0: twenty one dollars. Yeah, uh,
2: maybe maybe even more. Oh,
0: okay. Maybe even more.
2: Uh, plus, we'll have our uh, what has evolved into the most popular segment on this program. It's a little something we do late in the show called Drinking News. Drinking News is, of course, a collection of stories, uh, usually one at a time, but uh, it's stories from the news that really happened somewhere, and they are often, but not always, about drinking, but they are always best to listen to if you've been drinking and by that time we will have been. So it it, uh, it it'll be a, it's a good placement for where it comes into the show. Our uh, drinking news teaser headline for today. What's new, Pikachu? All right, so we have that to look forward to. So uh, and with a build up like that, how can you not, right? You want to play? I'm good. <laughs> uh
0: so, so it's, but- normally I would play guitar, but it just Guitar has a little too much
1: gravitas for the yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm digging the I'm digging the ukulele. Great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
2: uh, whiskey heroes on Twitter have uh, been banding together and ferreting out uh, whiskey counterfeiters, which is actually a that's kind, kind okay. of a cool thing. Whiskey scammers, so that's kind of a cool thing. And Pendrin Irish whiskey gives Vladimir Putin the finger. We'll tell you about that story as well <laughs> as we uh, get into uh, today's edition of Smoking and Toasting. And, of course, as we like to do uh, around this time on the program, I generally will uh, pick Ian's brain to see if there's anything he's smoked this week that has
0: been particularly interesting. Well, let me tell you, Cruz. This morning, I went to my humidor, mm-hmm. and I reached in and grabbed a cigar that was given to me by you. Okay.
2: I, let me stop you. This is the cigar that I raved about last week, right? Yes. All right, so I'm going to be real curious to see, and when to say now, this before you go, before you go any further, we be real curious because I had bought a box of those, smoked the one that I reviewed and raved about on the show last week, and I've since smoked a few more, and a couple of them were very, very poor draw, and oh, that interesting goes okay. against everything that I said. About how well the cigar was constructed. So I was curious because I didn't know if the one I brought in for you would be like that. And you'd have a bad experience. I know
0: that like last week uh, when you reviewed it and I participated and listened to your review. and And then we drank. So I made sure that like I drank enough to forget completely what you said. Okay, good. Um as, as I do most weeks but I mean this week <laughs> in it's always the best plan by the way try to drink try to drink enough I don't know what happened on the show everything I said <laughs> um, please do No uh so so I, I I didn't go back and listen to any of that section of the show um cuz <clears throat> sometimes I'll go back and listen to the show uh you know just for fun cuz mm-hmm. you know I like to put my you know put my podcast in the background and you know use it for mood yeah. or whatever like know. when it's sexy time and right, stuff. Right. Yeah, it's Right. Right. Okay. Nice, you know, yeah I got it um and Put it on in the car and get in the back seat. You know what I mean. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> 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 it's a
2: very very white day.
0: It, it's a it's a very mental
2: image. Oh, yeah. very, very so, uh, mental image so
0: so, <laughs> so I'm anyway, sorry. I didn't I, I intentionally didn't listen to it this week because uh, I didn't want to be any more influenced by it. Sure. I knew you raved about it. I didn't want to be any more influenced by it, but I didn't want to remember like the flavors and things that you said right. because I I wanted to kind of have my own take on it. So I waited all the way until this morning and did this. So this was the my father uh, Jaime Garcia Reserva. Um, the Toro Reserva Reserva Especial Especial, Mm -hmm. that's the word I was looking for, and it was the Toro size at a six by 54 with a Connecticut broadleaf Maduro wrapper, uh, an Ecuadorian binder, and a Nicaraguan filler. Uh, the appearance dark chocolate hue, uh, oily, veiny, somewhat lumpy, single band, firm feel overall. The pre light sniff on this I got barnyard, I got chocolate, I got hay, I got coffee, uh. So, like, kind of standard things that you get from that uh, Connecticut Broadleaf Maduro. Yep.
2: So, I'm looking back at my notes. I had a hickory wood coffee and a hint of
0: chocolate. Yeah. Uh, the initial light, I got a punch of sweet, uh, a punch of spice and sweet coffee, followed by bitter chocolate and cinnamon. Uh, the retrohale is sweet and spicy. Mm-hmm. The uh, first third of this, uh, sweet coffee, dark bitter chocolate, earth, backed by a bevy of spices, including cinnamon, a little nutmeg, a little cayenne, and black pepper. Uh, the Retro is sweet with some pepper and cinnamon, uh, solid ash, good burn. The uh, second third of this cigar, balancing on a line between sweet and spicy, the cigar delivers a robust blend of flavors and a pleasant aromatic room note. The lingering aftertaste is sweet as a spicy pepper and cayenne. Um, earthy and nutty tones begin to emerge. Hints of underlying salted caramel appear as well. Retro hill is peppery, uh, spicy, cedar, and cinnamon, solid ash, good burn. Now, this got a good burn all the way through. Um, it was not a perfect burn. Yeah. Um, it burned okay. Uh, uh, towards the last third of this cigar, the burn got a little bit uneven. I hit it for a second with my lighter. I didn't even count that against it. It was just one of yeah, those things. just a little touch-up. Yep. But um, the last third of this, pepper and spices back off a bit, which is a little weird because towards the end of a cigar, usually those things ramp up. Mm -hmm. But the pepper and spices backed off a bit, leaving room for sweeter and nuttier flavors. Chocolate and coffee, along with rich earth and salted caramel, and liven the palate with a peppery and woody finish. The Retro Hills Sweet Cedar with uh, pepper and cinnamon, solid ash, good burn. At $8.50 for this, I gave it a solid 7. That is... was what I gave it. That is an inexpensive cigar for $8.50 that delivered a lot of flavor and... At that size, that's a long burn. That was an hour and fifteen minutes for me. Yeah, yeah, almost twenty minutes. Yep.
2: So you said basically much the same as what I said in my review last week. You just said it a lot better. So uh, so I use bigger words. Yeah. So so sometimes my words
0: have two and three syllables in them. Yeah,
2: and and that's a good thing. Right. Right. I think you should continue with that. That, (laughs) That's working.
0: Um, When we review
2: cigars, we use what we call the price to quality scale. It's a one to ten scale. Uh, But giving a cigar a 5 is a very good rating. It means you got exactly what you paid for. So if it's an $8 cigar and you're happy based on what else you can get for $8, you're happy with it at that price, then it it scores a 5. If it maybe overperformed a little bit at that price, smoked more like a $10, $12 cigar, then you give it a higher rating. You can smoke a really good expensive cigar and really enjoy it, but it was fifteen dollars, and it's hard to justify um, that that it was worth fifteen dollars instead of maybe two seven dollars cigars or whatever. So, uh, so that's the way the price to quality works. So, to give something a seven, that that's was pretty big. What, what was the price on this again? This is $8.50. eight dollars and fifty cents. So that's that's a, that's a pretty big. It's tough for a cigar that isn't an El Cheapo that winds up being great. Uh, to score that high on the on the scales, so. I'm a
0: little sad to hear though that you since you bought a box, you had a couple of them that had a bad draw. On
2: yeah, them. uh that I had to use a poker to get them to because I don't draw usually
0: well. get that with any of the my father's I cigars. Know. Like and, my fathers are like,
2: and this is after I had solid. raved about the construction on this one. And great <laughs> yeah, they're solid, man. Yeah, like, yeah. So, uh, so I, I've smoked a couple that had problems, and then I've smoked another one that didn't. So. I, I didn't know whether it was you know, maybe half the box. I didn't know if the one that I brought you would be one of the good ones.
0: Now, one I will also tell you, how long have you had that box?
2: Uh, I I don't think I've had it for more than about a month.
0: Okay. So they're uh, sitting so in my humidor I've now, and they may even it. I've out, found so. a few times, depending on where you get them from, there's some places where when they ship them, they're they're a little over-humidified, I think. Yeah. And I've had draw issues and burn issues from that, and then that leave them in the humidor for a couple weeks, and I run my humidor a little on the uh drier side. I run it 65 ish oh, okay. instead of up higher. Because mm-hmm. I find that I like my cigars smoking around then. Um uh smoking around that humidity uh, a little bit better. But um uh but so sometimes just putting it in a humidor for a couple of weeks and letting it kind of see it. And, equal. Yeah. and if you get a box like that and they're all in the uh cellophane mm-hmm. and you want them to adapt a little faster, you may take, take the them out, out of cellophane.
2: Yeah, you know? yeah absolutely. Absolutely. well i uh, smoked a cigar this week that was a gift from my mother-in-law at christmas time and oh. and so it's always a mixed bag right when someone like your mom-in-law buys you cigars because they she's generally such a sweet lady by oh the way. she's awesome she's awesome <laughs> she's they <laughs> they generally don't know that much about them right, right. so they'll they'll go into the cigar shop And they'll ask, they'll say, hey, I'm getting this for my son-in-law and he loves cigars and, uh, you know, what do you recommend? And now you're at the complete mercy of the person who's recommending because, you know, she wouldn't know whether that's something that I would like or not. She's taking his word for it. So, uh, fortunately, I believe she went to serious cigars. So, Uh, uh, Casa de Monte Cristo. Just
0: just to pause that for a second and and add to that situation. A lot of times when you go into a cigar shop. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you get, uh, like, unless you have like a crappy cigar shop that's yeah. just trying to push cigars out the door, which I don't run into a lot of no, those. No. Uh, generally speaking, they want you to come back and buy cigars. So sure. When they sell you that cigar, they're they're going to sell something that they think you're going to like. So here's what I
2: need to do is I need to tell her this is the answer when they say what kind of cigars does he like, and, and give him an example. And then, they, then they'll know the LFD exactly. chisel every single time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the quorum. That's what I like. Uh, no, Anyway, so as it turns out, they did not steer her wrong. She uh, gave me a nice little package of cigars, and one of them was the one that I smoked this week to, uh, to talk about on the show. And it is the Monte Cristo Signature Espada.
0: Oh, the espadas. And the espadas
2: are a very limited one. They come only in the Toro size. Uh, It's an all Nicaraguan Puro that looks at first glance very much like the Monte Cristo white. Mm -hmm. So it's very. Monte Cristo White's a very good but very mild yeah. uh, smoke for those who like great flavor but d- don't want a more full-bodied smoke. I mentioned that just to say, don't pick this up and assume that it's a mild cigar because the <laughs> spot is big. Yeah, right. Uh, but with the Monte Cristo uh, Signature Espada, you can find yourself in for a full-bodied surprise if you were expecting uh, something lighter. So I'll go ahead and give this much away. If you like your smokes to pack a punch you're going to like the Espada. Uh, the cigar was developed by Rafael Nodal along with uh, the Placencia family. Uh, the tobacco is all Nicaraguan. With the wrapper, a Colorado Claro from the Jalapa region, and binder and filler tobacco are from Esteli, all out all put together out at the Placencia factory for Monte Cristo. Uh, it's a 6x55 Toro, very pretty cigar, as you can see over here, uh, or or is it here? Uh, mine was nice and smooth with a few uh, noticeable veins in the Colorado Clara wrapper. I picked up notes of dark chocolate and a deep earthiness on the pre-light sniff, used a punch to open it up, and the cold draw gave me a rich bread note, along with a hint of vanilla, which I thought was really nice. interesting. So I was like, oh, so far so good. I lit the foot with a torch and took the first few pups uh, puffs, only to be greeted by my old friend, that friend without a song, the <laughs> Nicaraguan Pepper Blast. Ian, maybe I can help you out a little getting started on doing this song. One day that song Nicaraguan- will happen. Uh, so I, I, I just thought I'd take a new idea since I tried my Barry Gibb impression and that didn't seem to you know, to inspire you. That will actually make you go blind in one ear. So So we'll, we'll, how about a little Dire Straits? How about like, I want my... I want my NPB. <laughs> no? I don't know what to say. Okay, yeah, probably best that you don't. Know. Once the MPB planted its flag, just like the little guy in the MTV thing, and uh, settled down a little bit, the cigar gave me notes of cedar and leather with a hint of citrus zest and a little bit of that vanilla that I was getting on the pre which was awesome. Uh, white, uh, While pepper, cedar, and a developing note of baker's bread... Uh, You know, a very yeasty—I don't know if that's the right term or not, but a very yeasty uh, sort of bacon I think it gets your point Uh, uh, across. Yeah. Uh, They were dominant flavors to the cigar. Plenty of other notes, though, weaved in and out as it smoked. By the second third, I was picking up earth and some leather, along with a slight minerality that was very uh, pleasant. Construction was very good. It was not a razor-straight burn, but it was nothing that needed to be corrected. I flicked off the ash at about an inch and a half, uh, but it looked like it might have held on a lot further. I just— wasn't going to press my luck. Uh, at about the midpoint, the pepper backed off just a little bit. And although there was still plenty on the palate and it was dominant in the retrohale, I would say that compared to like a My Father or something from AJ Fernandez from Nicaragua, which have a tendency to build in pepperiness as they smoke. This one actually kind of mellowed a little bit and started to exhibit a creaminess that offset the pepper a little bit as it smoked. The final third stayed creamy, but the pepper ramped back up a little bit. The leather and a distinct earthiness became more noticeable, and the vanilla note kind of came and went several times. Construction remained very good. The cigar smoked well all the way through. Draw, by the way, was Perfect with lots of uh, creamy smoke. The cigar reminded me very much of a Mm -hmm. uh, Placencia, which makes sense, of course, because it was made in the Placencia factory. A little creamier, less strength forward than many Nicaraguan cigars. Uh, Although, to be fair, the strength ramped up from medium in the first third to just above that in the second. And it was decidedly full bodied by the final uh, by the final third. So Monte Cristo's Signature Espada was a great Slow-smoking cigar. It just lasted a while. And I, if you try one of these, I recommend saving it for when you have the opportunity to, to have a very leisurely smoke because it'll reward you. Uh, if this were an $8 cigar, I'd be buying a box right now and stocking the humidor with uh, you know, something that differs a little bit from my other Nicaraguan favorites. And it would be nice for whenever I wanted, I wanted to change a pace that, uh, but didn't want to go milder. But it's not an $8 cigar. It's a $15 cigar. So thank you, Mom. Well, wow. uh, But, uh, yes, so, it was wonderful. So
0: I just looked up. I had the uh, Espada Oscuro. Uh, yeah, that's is... the
2: darker one, which is the previous, like, from a couple years ago release, I
0: think. Yeah, this was a couple years ago, and mm-hmm. I gave that one a solid um, solid six at $11.
2: Interesting. All right, so this one's 15 So So, uh, you know, by the time I was into the final third, I was thinking it'd be hard to give this a five, given that it's basically... Two of the $7 to $8 sticks that I normally uh, are in my sweet spot. But it was during that final third that I really kind of was struck by a sense of how much I just really enjoyed the whole experience of smoking this one. You know, when we talk about the part of cigars that they don't talk about that are good for you, that when you just relax and kind of let everything go and your heartbeat slows down you have that sense of well-being it's peaceful uh that's that's what the smoking experience was and you know I don't always get that every single time I smoke a cigar to that degree and I really had a wonderful chill experience with this and it made me reevaluate it a little bit I really loved savoring the flavors on my palate um and even though I'm stopping to type down these notes, it was a really chill, kind of relaxing thing, and I enjoyed it. With that in mind, I'm going to recommend the cigar, maybe as a good special occasion smoke at that price. It was in the end, really, really good. So price to quality, I will give it a solid five. Nice. So, uh so and and you know what? I would have given it a six had it been in the $12 range, I think, yeah. which is where yours well, yeah, was. So this was a little was, yeah. more. But uh it's interesting though, because I don't know if I would have picked the cigar up out off of the display myself it just so it didn't have that this looks brand new
0: haven't tried this before <laughs> sort of look to it you know what i mean yeah uh, and you know but i loved it we've been doing this show for a while mm-hmm. what episode are we on now 311 today 311 mm-hmm. episodes that's, that's halfway uh, to 333 it really is at this yeah. point like yeah. if you do the math mm-hmm. um and uh and that's a lot of cigars. Yeah, like I'm finding, as much as I love Casa de Monte Cristo, and it's right around the corner from me, I'm finding that occasionally I have to go to other humidors right. to go to find, to find some things that they did yeah. that, that I just haven't seen.
2: Right, exactly. So, yeah. Well, uh, anyway, um, highly recommended and uh, worth it if you're you know looking to splurge on a slightly pricier cigar. It's 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 a good one if you want to just sit and and contemplate solve the world's problems. That's what I did when I smoke that I solve the world's problems. So we're good going forward, just in case you needed to know. Uh, We're also good going forward to get into tasting some Lone Pint. I'm so excited about this. So we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Smoking and Toasting is the podcast and radio program and video extravaganza that is all about craft beer. We're going to get into some of that right now. Fine spirits and hand-rolled cigars, and we will be right back. (laughs) Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Um, guess what? A Welsh whiskey distillery uh, named Pendaren uh, Irish whiskey is basically giving Putin the finger. They are refusing to export whiskey, and they apparently had quite a robust uh, audience for it in Russia. But they're now they're cutting all ties and shipping no more whiskey to Russia. Pendaren's pretty good yeah, whiskey too. Yeah, uh, I I wasn't familiar with it. Are you familiar with yeah. it? Yeah, they're uh, they're uh, basically just have defined. They say, you know, we're not a political organization, but Russia has crossed the line in invading Ukraine, and we're not going to send them our whiskey anymore. So, one wonders if this will be the breaking point where finally Putin backs down. Like he has. I mean, when you, you start know, get done getting all in, the economic sanctions, we've done all that. When you but start getting into a man's whiskey.
1: whiskey, yeah, exactly. That's my point. <clears throat> it uh, something has to something has to give you know ukraine uh, produces something like 40% of the world's barley and uh, yeah well, that's you know, crazy so isn't it it's it's yeah. really the breadbasket so all of the people like us as brewers and distillers um you know we rely quite a bit on
2: so have you seen any supply chain issues because of that because absolutely of yeah. yes,
1: yes. Yeah, yes. We, i can only imagine
2: well, our guest today is uh, from Lone Pint Brewery. He is uh, Blake Niederhofer, and Blake has brought some Lone Pint goodies for us to taste. And I am so excited! I'm for it. <laughs> I I just I just love this brewery. I I just think they're so innovative and cool. And they just your beers just have this feeling. And and I, you confirmed it with what you said earlier that you're making beers that you like. It's not about like trying to fill a market
1: niche or or uh, you know saying well the fat is this. Let's do one of those. You know yeah, right i mean that's always been really important for us is is to make what what we want to drink and what we love and you know what's going to be in our fridge at the house so um i mean this first one that we're doing uh gentleman's relish is one that we've been making since um, you know the garage days. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really kind of neat now that um, we have it in cans. We're we're only doing it on uh, on nitro, so it's going to have that great
2: mm-hmm. creamy, nitrogen creamy bubblyness to it. Yep.
1: Yeah. And and, um,
2: and why was this named gentleman's relish?
1: So uh, it it was actually kind of a running joke uh one of our investors is british and his his dad used to eat gentleman's relish on toast and it's a it's an anchovy paste um <laughs> and it's it's really quite horrible but um we we thought it was just a hilarious name we were like wouldn't that be a funny like beer it. name and yeah. so it's a a northern english style brown ale and so um because gentleman's relish is obviously uh english we we thought it'd be a fun name to use for that and um I've been told lots of other reasons we named it that yeah. um, from people that Which don't know. may or may not um. be true. <laughs> exactly. the, the
0: gentleman's relish, uh, uh, the anchovy uh, stuff you're talking about. My dad yeah. traveled abroad a lot when he was in the uh, Navy. And he would bring home gentleman's relish? No, but he picked up some very bizarre... Tastes like uh, one of his favorite snacks was sardines, like straight out of the can. Oh wow! With onions on crackers. Wow, (laughs) that was potent. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're not kidding. (laughs) You knew he was having that. That's kind of what I think of when I think of gentleman's relish. Not the sardines, but the kippers on toast.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm, That's good stuff. Ian, you have had the uh, the gentleman's relish, buddy. Have I? But have you had it with the
0: nitro? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, as a matter of fact, the first time I saw it on Nitro was at the brewery. Uh, my country band was playing out there, and I said, oh, my goodness, they have it on Nitro, so I'm going to have some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it's absolutely fantastic, and I'm so glad to see it in the can. I do have to bring up, though, uh, so for the longest time, you guys bottled everything in in those cool little...
2: Yeah, uh, those they, cool
0: little bottles.
2: They were smaller than bombers, but larger than had, your regular. It was very S6 unique and or interesting. Or like
0: you always knew just by the bottle that, that it you was were looking a long time. Yeah. And then when you guys finally moved to cans, I was like, "Oh, they're going to normalize things." But now you have the weird can holder thing. Like you guys just have to be left
1: of center on that. <laughs> yeah, stuff. yeah. I, right. I
2: take it that's maybe more environmentally sound than right. It's so, cool. yeah.
1: um yeah the the shift from I mean we <clears throat> started uh our, our original packaging was seven hundred fifty milliliter uh champagne bottles with caps nice and um you know bombers are, are fine but and then we went to the five hundred mil uh the five hundred milliliter four pack bottles yeah, yeah. And um, I absolutely love those. And they're I gorgeous, like those too. a lot, too. They're, they're gorgeous bottles. Good, and they like, stand heavy out.
0: glass, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you could always find them easily on the shelf if right. people had them, you know? Right. But unfortunately, um, you know, <coughs> most of the, the retailers that carried them hated them because they don't fit on the shelf. Right. And they're incredibly heavy. Um, so the distributors, you know, kind of pushed back a little bit on that, too. And then um, all of that together with... Uh, shipping and the rising prices in glass and cardboard it's a, a very package heavy in that format and I've so i've noticed
2: that a lot of uh breweries have gone that we're that we're all glass bottles have gone all can now it's just yeah. uh, economically it makes more sense
1: right and and to your point environmentally i mean um you know now we're in aluminum cans and the we use the uh they they're called e6pr uh those six-pack holders. Six holders, yeah, they're um, they're made of compressed pa- plant fibers. So yeah, and not... they just break down, right? Yeah, so I mean, you can throw them in your so compost, compost pile. Them, yeah, yeah, um, that's cool. You don't even need to recycle them, right? You can just throw them in your yard, which is but... great because, as somebody
2: who's always been big on recycling, I've been just absolutely appalled by discovering what they do with most of our recycling which is which, not recycled which is not recycled yeah. or or a lot of it was recycled was basically shipped to china and then china got pissed at us for something i don't remember what and stopped receiving them so there were just these barges full of recycled recyclable plastic just sitting in like harbors and stuff and it's just uh, it's it's very frustrating when you are trying to do the right thing but you're not <clears throat> able to get it to get it done as yeah. well so if these can actually be composted yeah that, that's terrific because you don't even have to that. Yeah, you don't you yeah. don't have
1: to question it at all and yeah. uh, and the <clears throat> the warehouse that we get those from is is actually right in magnolia so um, oh, that's it's, very cool. it's a great yeah uh so super easy shipping and um uh, and, and wonderful for the environment just like the cans you know the well, aluminum is completely uh, yeah. recyclable so. i am
0: yes. such a fan of beer and cans for that reason yeah. for like there's no uh uh there's no contamination from light. There's no sure. those things. And I'm I'm a big fan. Like we have this thing back and forth. He loves beer out of a bottle. Because I like my beer cold. I generally I speaking, I'm gonna pour it into a glass. To, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, which I do And too. if I'm really forced to drink it straight <laughs> out of the can and, uh, and I want more experience, I'll put a speed hole in it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not too proud for that. But- hey, you know, it's
1: it's nice now. You know, a lot of people um, that couldn't take it before, they're now taking our cans sure. to the river yeah. and the lake and the pool and yeah, all those places that, is that you really, you nice, really don't yeah. want to have glass. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: And I, would, uh, uh, I wanted to know, was Gentleman's
1: Relish your first – was
2: this the first – beer that you brewed and said okay we're happy with
1: this this is this is us um no so actually our um our flagship beer what we thought was gonna be our flagship beer was um our ipa that we called 667 neighbor the beast oh, yeah. i love that beer i though. think that's the first one i saw <laughs> yeah. from you guys on yeah. the shelf too and um and and that was a uh a, an incredible beer and and probably one of the <clears> favorites <throat> uh among us that that make it at the brewery uh, but you know yellow rose came out and just it just it. it, it. Know, yeah. And, and now, do you
2: still make six six seven?
1: Yeah, we we do make it um, periodically. Yeah, yeah, periodically. It's not an all the time beer anymore. I think but, um, I've had one yeah, like in the last
2: six months or something. but yeah. I didn't know if maybe it had so gone So we away. we
1: made a we made another <clears throat> round of it right before we moved to cans. We haven't made it since mm. we've been in Cannes. Okay. Well, now, is this six, somebody six, six, that you great. know on the? <laughs> no. So it was funny. <laughs> um, they actually surprised me, and I was I was on the uh, five hundred milliliter gentleman's relish label. Um, but no that that is not me or anybody we know on that (laughs) one i thought it was maybe like paul reveres this this is
0: this is my go-to beer uh for you guys and i love the uh i love the lone pint Uh, the uh sorry the yellow rose rose. um but uh but this is my go-to because i love brown ales i love malty ridiculousness and Mm -hmm. this uh ticks those boxes it really does
1: and
2: i love the creaminess with the nitro too
1: yeah it really it really is a, a good beer and um you know browns are just kind of a weird thing you know the people that love them absolutely love them and uh but they're not huge in the market so you see a lot of breweries you know they'll put one out and then withdraw it and put it out and withdraw it i think uh st um,
0: arnold had uh their uh What's the brown ale called for so long? They the,
1: the with the dog on it, right? Yeah. So they had before
0: Ale Wagger. It was called.
1: <clears throat> they had it started as just brown. Oh, it was just brown ales. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So and then I, uh, and then I think they had a, a couple of different iterations of it.
0: Mm. But uh, but you know, there's just not a lot of companies that make like a straight straight up brown ale or even like uh, I'm so glad that uh, Eureka Heights make makes a wicked awesome mm-hmm. uh not a brown ale but an esb and there's a lot of not, there's not a lot of companies that make that either
2: but know, this so. one i'm seeing everywhere so you guys you know, you have got this in even the little uh uh phoenicia store downstairs in my building has got yeah. this in stock which is really awesome and
0: interestingly so. enough having had it on co2 and on uh nitro the nitro, it tastes a little bit sweeter. It does taste like a the, the CO two yeah. tends to make the uh, the sweetness feel a little spicier because mm-hmm. of the. It's bubbles. the carbonic acid, That yeah, right? yeah.
1: gives it that kind of. Yeah,
0: sweetness. and and that's not a bad thing. It just is. Uh, but this gives it almost a little bit a little bit of sweetness that's not there, and you got a great bitter finish on it. That's like really really nice.
2: I think this is a brown ale that that everybody, you know, even if brown ale is not your thing, this is one you should try because it's it's just it's very drinkable. It's not. You know, it's not a weird,
0: unapproachable beer. Sure, yeah. to, to put it that way. You know, and for you hopheads, there is a hop presence. Oh yeah, especially I'm, on the I'm, last, I'm, I'm the last third of the. I'm uh, digging it because I'm the IPA on. guy, so I'm
2: always looking for the the hop flavor, and it's there.
1: And, yeah. and so we use English hops and English malt in it, so it is very much an English beer um you know we joke the only thing american in is the water <laughs> um, but you know the uh you know we we do it better here you though, don't want to so, ship yeah. in tames water <laughs> yeah no, no yeah, right. you definitely don't i'll take even mississippi over that
2: <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> all right let's try something else this is uh this is darn so good darn good yeah all right so um the next one is uh here we go mm-hmm. um the next one is a sason and uh-huh. um so this is another one of those styles, right? That you don't see a lot of. No, you're right. Although it's, I think, becoming a little more prevalent. Yeah, saisons are uh, kind of a, sp- almost. I would almost say like a
0: specialty thing. Not because you know, now I that think you... that it's difficult to make. Is it? It's not that much more yeah, difficult but than anything days, else. These days, these days, I just don't you... think it's as popular. Well, these days you can buy saisons oh. in in, in, farm
2: ales in uh, and farm aisles in HEB. It's right got, in the right. grocery store. It's
0: got the funk. Oh, like right on the nose. We want the funk there's a there's a funk in the farmhouse mm. of saison ales that absolutely that, that
1: gotta have that, that yeah from the you know you get that from some of the oats and the the wheat in there and it's got that kind of a spiciness funk in the farmhouse is that a rolling stones lyric i don't know <laughs> if it's no, not it should be right?
2: no i think that's fever in the funk house is what that was okay <laughs> oh.
0: anyway um uh yes yeah, so that's i don't think i've tried this one before can i see the label mm. on that
1: yeah, so this is uh, I just crowlered this one today from, is, the, is uh, this from the brewery. So we did oh, release this one in in cans, um, and in kegs, and so uh, there may still be some out there. But this is one of the ones that was just kind of a, a different style than than what we do all the time.
2: So how often do you do? Like a, a, I don't want to call it a temporary beer, but something that you know is going to be just a seasonal or a a short time release,
1: right? So, um, I mean, we have the the Zythophile series, which is kind Mm -hmm. of the single hopped IPAs that we do. Uh, We do one of those per quarter. Um, So the last one we did was uh, Citra, and we did Centennial before that. The Citra was great, by the way. Thank you. And so that that's just one of those ways for us to try new hops, and for it's fun for the public too because they Mm get to try it at the same time. Something a little different, yeah and then um you know the ones that are really popular we'll pull out and do again um you know like el dorado we've done a couple of times mm-hmm. that, that one was a very popular one um and then uh we usually do once a quarter or so a, a special release of some sort
0: um, you did when i was up there uh playing it last time when we did that interview you had uh some
1: uh chili beers Right, so I have a uh, that
0: were finished in different barrels. Right, and I a have one of those, those. I have one of
1: those here today. So you're Ooh. skipping ahead a little bit. Oh, yeah, sorry. We have a, uh, we have a, a bourbon. Good. We have a bourbon barrel uh, aged one of those, uh, which we'll have. I drank uh, a lot of. And that I guess
2: area. my my sort of skipping ahead question would be, are we going to be partaking in anything that resembles tornado shark? Um, not today. Not today. Okay. Not today. So so uh, if we're not, then I have to ask you about tornado shark like yes we're yes please first do. of all it's a very interesting and a beer that i really enjoyed it's not one that i would drink all the time but it's one right. i really enjoyed but where did tornado
1: shark come from so, I mean, we've
2: all seen sharknado or, right so, or or <laughs> you know at least heard of <laughs> so, I, I've, yeah, never actually uh, seen I've never watched one yeah, so right. we
1: we do uh we did in fact have that name uh before the movie uh we oh. this was this was another beer that we were brewing in the um you know in the garage and my uh this is a family business so my my wife and her brother are my partners and and his wife and uh we we were kind of having a conversation and my wife has four, like, really big fears. One's tornadoes, one's sharks, and then... So this is two of the four. Yeah, and then, like, cockroaches and airplanes, right? I was going to say, the, the, now so, we have a beer called tornado, tornado right? shark spider snake. Yeah, no, <laughs> right? So, yeah, right? Nobody wants to have a, a cockroach beer, so... <laughs> You're yeah, right. um, yeah, Heather and my wife w- was kind of, like, talking about, like, how she has this kind of irrational fear of these things, and her brother was like, oh, my gosh, can you imagine, like, this just tornado full of sharks, and um, so we kind of you know had to laugh about it and and we just named this beer that and uh and there was a movie <laughs> oh my goodness yeah we saw the movie poster we were like i can't believe it like there it is <laughs> we were like somebody did it and it, it was amazing yeah well and, i thought um, sure, um, sure that all like did... seven of those were just uh, yeah. cinematic masterpieces oh weren't they though yeah
2: I-, I thought sure though that the beer had been in- inspired by the kitschiness of no, it was actually I guess movies. the other way around. Wow, wow, <laughs> that's really, really great. All right, listen, we're going to take a break. We got uh, more tasting to do, and we got uh, a whole lot more to talk about, including I really want to get your take on uh, what's happening at the, um, uh, what's happening with the um, brewery. I'm sorry, I'm blanking. The people New that Belgium. make that Tire New, New, New Belgium. Thank awesome, you, man. thank you. Yeah, I want to get your take on what's happening over there. And see what you think. So we'll be right back. at Smoking and toasting. Welcome back into Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. And yay, I wasn't the guy that spilled today. I was kind of, I was, I, I told you before the show. I usually spill at least once. I uh, <laughs> did that. Uh, glad that I could leave the church. Yeah, and you, you you took care of us today, so that's you a, drew first that, blood. That's perfect. So um, while he's pouring <laughs> Lone Pine Yellow sure. Rose, which we have, uh, you know, talked about a lot on this show uh, before, and I will, I will just say this about it: this is this is my standard for IPAs now. It's pretty amazing. Uh, uh, and and the reason I say standard is because uh, it was my absolute favorite for a long time. And then I noticed that something would come out, uh, you know, another brewery would make something or a hazy or whatever. And I would go, oh, this is so good. This is now my favorite IPA. And then what happens though is that after time, I kind of go back to Yellow Rose being my favorite. So it's kind of like my standard. I've As my favorites have changed they they always go back to yellow rose in between which is i think i think says about as much as you can say about how good this beer is well, that, that's
1: probably one of the nicest compliments i've got i was so uh I think that's great
0: i was playing with my band at pacific yard house in conroe mm-hmm. which is a very cool venue if you've never yeah, been there it is a cool spot yeah it's a very cool venue and um uh, and i went up and i was trying to decide what to drink and they had yellow rose so i ordered one and the lady goes do you want the big glass of this regular glass i was like come on lady look at me <laughs> what do you and think she gives me this 24 ounce yellow rose yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's yeah. just say yeah the set got interesting yeah <laughs> after well, about three of those now i will <laughs> tell you i will tell
2: you i always go for the smaller one but there's a reason and that's that i like my beer cold and i want to drink it while it's still cold. Yellow Rose. And I want to have another uh, another one out. Yellow after.
0: Rose tastes fine all the way up oh. until it's room temperature. It's <laughs> uh, fine. I get, I, I get it. And I, that right there. I don't there, disagree with that. I just enjoy drinking cold beer. That right there is a testament to how good this IPA is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get mm. any more bitter. You're right it doesn't about that. get any. There, there are a lot of IPAs that when they get start moving towards room temperature are really the truth is cold masks a lot of flavors and especially bitter flavors Mm -hmm. and and so like i think honestly if you have an ipa like this that can be room temperature and still taste fantastic then you are doing something amazing
2: well i'll tell you about this beer i i was uh, i lived in texas in the 90s and became um uh you know interested in craft beer but knew very little about it back then but i I did know this one thing and that was that i liked shiner bach a hell of a lot more than i liked a bud light or a a miller light right sure so uh, so shiner was kind of like my go-to and i enjoyed some st arnold beers and some other things but uh then i moved to boston in the late 90s and when i got to boston um I got introduced because the radio station I was working at we did a lot of business with a brewery out of Boston called Harpoon. Mm-hmm. And I began to uh sample their different beers and chanced across the Harpoon IPA and I just absolutely fell in love with that. That was my that was my favorite beer until this. <laughs>
1: well thank you very much. So,
2: yeah. And I've had, you know, Obviously, plenty of things that that have gravitated to for a limited time, but like I said, I always come back to this because it's just so. You didn't know that though when
1: you made it; like you didn't know that this was going to be your flagship beer, did you? No, we we really didn't. It was supposed to be a one-off. Um, wow! Why, why so is cool. there
0: this beautiful kiss of sweetness that hits mm-hmm. right before you swallow? Like there's this like it is wonderful. This, this great, and it's what keeps fruity. Right. IPA thing and then bam, right before you swallow is this kiss of sweetness. It's and it's just... what
2: keeps it from being sort of like hop harsh on, right. on, on Yeah, the finish. it's not
0: pine cone right. bitter. Like there's a right. little there's a little bit of that uh that, that pine bitterness, but mm-hmm. but like in a pleasant way, but it's not like pine cone crushing you kind of bitter.
1: Yeah, so the the hop we use in it is called mosaic and um it, it turned into kind of a magical hop and um, we're, we we kind of uh, nerd out on um, a lot of the chemistry side. So is this uh, only
2: mosaic in this? Yeah, there's no citra in this.
1: So the the smash on the label, uh, is short for single malt and single hops. Okay. Um, you know, the only, the only, uh, malt we use in it is a, uh, Pilsner malt. Mm-hmm. And then, um, it's all mosaic. So that's so cool. The, um, the, the two big things that most of the brewers don't talk about is, is water chemistry and and yeast. And, um, I think that's one of the things that really sets us apart. You know, you see a lot of mosaic beers and it became wildly popular and you can make a lot of really great beers. But, um, I think the thing that kind of sets us apart is is how we do our water chemistry, how we, Use our hops and, and the yeast we use. Well, there's a lot of IPAs out there, and there's right. a
2: lot of IPAs that are using mosaic. So you guys are definitely like a head and shoulders above those. And I, I, I really, I don't say that to everybody. This is this is just that good of a beer. Yeah
1: yeah and you know mosaic can do weird stuff you know the one of the big uh flavor descriptors uh which is (coughs) going to sound horrible for someone that's talking about uh drinking this but (laughs) right but it is um like a a real uh like cat urine sort of flavor you get get that that in
0: wine too that's actually a real deal in wine and
1: you get that in some of the mosaics you know that real harshness Mm -hmm. And, and you can round some of that out with um, you know the right yeast and the white right, right uh, water chemistry, but if if you just kind of throw everything at it, it it can be a very very tricky hop to work with. But I, I think yes, that, I've had
2: some mosaic IPAs that I did not like at all. Right. You know, and and they That's had that quality to about. them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have to ask about the uh, the girl on the uh, on the can. Sure. The uh, Yellow Rose, uh, uh, which I assume is, a, I assume the Yellow Rose is a reference to Yellow Rose of Texas. That's correct. Okay. Yes. So, so this
1: is not a blonde. Right. <laughs> she's a, uh, she's, nor, a, nor was the Yellow Rose of Texas. The, oh, okay. So tell me. So, um, if you're not familiar with the legend of the Yellow Rose of Texas, um, she's a, a heroine that, uh, She actually worked down the street at uh, Morgan's Point. She was um, either, depending on the stories, a a freed slave or an indentured servant that was working for um, one of the Texas Army colonels at Morgan's Point, and she was working a ferry crossing. Well, when Santa Ana came through with his uh, troops from Mexico, apparently went through that ferry crossing, thought she was wildly beautiful, um, and took her to his camp at San Jacinto. And legend has it, she was feeding information back to the Texas Army about what was going on and troop establishments and that sort of thing. And when the um, Texas Army raided the Mexican Army at the Battle of San Jacinto, um, the final part of the legend is they literally cut Santa Ana with his pants down. So ah. um, <laughs> she <laughs> she, uh, she was very uh, instrumental and in, in very much a hero in our heroine, in our, um, you in know, our Texas independence. Our so, Texas independence in the story. And, uh, and,
2: and do we know what she looked like? Is this a representation no, of so,
1: her? No, um, so she, she either goes by Emily West or Emily Morgan, um, depending on, on what you read. Uh, there are some conflicting stories about who exactly she was um but no i i've not seen any pictures that show exactly her but um this is just kind of our nod to uh, to her as a as a texas hero it's a great story so and it's a great
0: illustration to follow too. up the battle of san jacinto in true texas style mm-hmm. after the battle of san jacinto the lady that owned the farm came out and was wondering what the she she was like talking to uh, Talking to the army, going. What am I supposed to do? How am I going to plant crops with all these bodies? <laughs> right, right. And then I'm going to need a sharper plow. <laughs> right.
2: And then the cow kicked over the lantern, and the whole city burned down. Oh, that, that was Chicago. I, right I think, I'm sorry, I got my I got my history confused. All right, this is a good point to take a break then, and we will be back when we return. It's tequila time, my friends. Uh, we're going to be trying some brand new uh, tequila that will, uh, I think, I think, be uh, an interesting. Thing to go to after the Yellow Rose. Plus, there's more um more from Lone pike coming up and uh of course drinking news right around the corner. Love it. It's uh smoking and toasting.
0: This is a killer guitar tone coming up. <laughs> you think so? I think it's a little flat, don't you Welcome back beginning.
2: into Smoking and Toast and Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled yeah, cigars. Give me a hard
0: time because that's one of my old bands. Right. Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I think the guitar player's a little flat, but yeah, um, sound off. Yeah, uh, so, <laughs> so like here's here's the thing. You were telling us uh, during the break about you know Yellow Rose when you know when when it took off and how you knew it was going to become like your your flagship beer. It, it's it's a great story and it is still I, i'm assuming uh is it far and away your best seller is anything
1: even close no um i mean it, it very much is our best seller um i would say it's probably between 60 and 70 percent of our production this I is a was.
0: rare ipa like this is. thing is so well balanced it's just it's so superbly
2: good. balanced and uh, i was going to ask you you mentioned that you started thinking of this as a limited run have there been other obviously it caught on and, and became your right. flagship, but have there been other beers that you've made that you really, really loved, but that
1: they didn't survive? That that they, they didn't survive past their limited run. Man, I'll tell you, uh, you know, it it's kind of everybody's heartbreak about six six seven, you know. I mean, it that, that was an IPA. It's more of a West Coast style IPA, but it's so good though. Um, yeah, you know, and if you're if you haven't had it and you're wondering kind of what Six Six Seven tasted like. Um it it was it was not far off from Bell's to Harterdale. Yes, um, which is a wonderful beer. Which is a wonderful, wonderful beer. And um, you know, my my wife and her brother both went to Penn State. And so mm-hmm. that was their kind of, you know, yeah. you can get this at the grocery store beer. And, right. And um and so, you know, when we would go back to visit, that would be something that, you know, is very coveted that we would bring back with us. Sure. And, and now it's available here and that and that's great. But uh, that that's very similar to what what six six seven was, and um, and no we wonder loved I it. Liked it. <laughs> I have but a yeah, sister, it, by the way. I have a sister that teaches at Penn State in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they were in state college yeah, yeah. At, at Penn State, but yeah. Um, Love it. Yeah. So, you know that that was one that you know now that we're not making it as much, I, I miss it a lot. But um, but know, it will still come back occasionally, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, awesome. And, so
2: it's one of those things that when when you see it, grab it. You know, because you I, know it's gonna be there for I like, at the film time. I
0: like that one, but that I gotta I gotta tell you, this one this one right here, like on a list of uh the best IPAs I know of. Um that's uh Yellow Rose right here in front of me, uh two hearted, ninety minute. 120 mm-hmm. minute kind of doesn't count because it's so ridiculous. Right, it's but really I also love well, that's that That's like you one. syrup. You can pour that over yeah, pancakes. It's so good though.
2: <laughs> but but look at the look at the rarefied air you're sharing there. I mean, Bell's Two Hearted Ale has been acclaimed on list after list as one of the best IPAs like every year. And then you're talking about yeah. you're talking about ninety minute from Dog. Yeah. Yeah. Any of you is out there and this
0: is your like regular old. Anybody you know, regular out there runs. driving through Texas, if you're ever in the Texas area Pick up some of this if you're an IPA fan. This will this will change you a little bit.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I got to say, it's absolutely fantastic. So
0: Ian's going to pour some. I, I have in. this uh, uh, Corzo. Corzo? This tequila bottle Anyo. is yes. like phenomenal. Look at this bottle. It, it's a
2: really interesting bottle. And you see it's that that's almost good. like a, a pour spout that you have there. That's kind of like, have you ever seen no, one of those faucets that, in see, a yeah, I I it's I like that It's like
1: you can... Put it through your belt. Through it, well, carried like that too. Flash. I'm sure. Um, um,
0: yeah. And and also, I just, I just want to point out. I just want to point, point out that Cruz, uh, being the ever uh, vigilant uh, person that he is, has has deigned to clear the plastic from the top of the bottle so right. there's no chance of me getting no a plastic chance of you get a plastic, by plastic opening cut. this exactly yeah and then less spillage by clearing the neck well so <laughs> to speak <laughs> you, you know, like he's he's all about these
2: osha um that's absolutely right yeah workplace, uh, workplace workplace safety, safety is, is what I, yeah. I,
0: I mean i grew up in the 80s that's before safety was invented so yeah, this that's, is all new to me yeah, <laughs> yeah no you know and all
2: i'm doing is protecting you my friend that's it that's my sole motivation. Dude, yeah. Look at how that pours. Yeah, isn't that that's great? So cool. <laughs> it's like one of
1: those fancy sinks in a bar. Or yeah. something. Yes, exactly. So, so while he's pouring
2: that, house. let me ask you, Ian, I know your answer. Oh to this. that's probably too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it is. Um Guy hates so, the oh, here, pass that down to Cruz. That'll <laughs> yeah. be fine. <laughs> so Ian, I know your uh, I know what your answer will be to this. So uh, let me ask you, um if uh, Fat Tire, New Belgium Fat Tire.
0: Yep. Yes. Fat Tire is one of the most brilliant f- beers. Yep. when you can get it fresh on tap uh, yep it is unbelievably
1: good and I'm definitely it was definitely in my in my early get me into craft beers yes 100 yes exactly, 100%. Yes, exactly. Uh, I, I think the same way about China so, Bach. so know,
0: let, like- let's talk about like things that I drink when I'm on a gig because there's certain places you go where you have to know what they have good on tap mm-hmm. so anytime I played at the the uh, the, uh, the shakespeare's pub or any of their uh places like like mm-hmm. that um they always had fresh fat tire and that's what i would drink there now most places as a default i would go to shiner if they didn't have a lot of choices but when you go to a place that has a few things like you start figuring out pretty quickly over the course of playing there a few times mm-hmm. what is good on tap and that was one that anytime I played at those, uh, that was their fish and chips were awesome, and the fat tire was always like super fresh. And super I good.
2: always associate fat tire with Vegas, because every time I'm in Vegas, it seems like fat tire you can get from it's the waitresses when yeah. you're playing, you know, in the machines yeah. or whatever. Saucy airport blackjack. beer, right? Yeah, right. Air, good airport yeah. beer. So, well, guys, if you're a fan of fat tire, when the show's over, you need to head for your grocery store or your favorite uh, place to buy beer specs or oh, whatever are you about to break my and heart grab some yeah it's worse than if it's being discontinued they're changing it oh so so the story goes that fat tire is what put new belgium brewery on yeah. that it was it was their flagship beer for a long time but sales have been declining on it over the past uh, then they got, five they got to seven bought years. out
0: they got bought out what 2 years ago right
2: Actually, I don't remember. New Belgium, that. I,
0: thought I, don't they, remember I thought somebody that. bought them two years ago.
1: Do you, do you know on that? Uh, um, Am I making that up? I think New Belgium uh, is was employee Belgium owned. owned. I think they gave uh, it, it to their employees. That's what I thought. It was I think employee owned. They sold it okay, okay maybe
0: maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm thinking of something else.
2: Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. So the over the past say seven to ten years, fat tire has been slowly declining in sales. And has now been surpassed by their Voodoo Ranger series mm. of IPAs. Which, which are is nice. Which are good. They're very popular. Uh, so they apparently have decided that they're changing Fat Tire into a wheat beer hmm. instead of an amber like it is now. They're changing it into a, a wheat beer. I have beer. no words for they're this. They're going to uh, do a recipe tweak. They're going to redesign the packaging. And it's been essentially... It, It's It's simply been replaced. It's 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 going to become flat tire. Yeah, an entirely (laughs) new beer in a new style. And they're doing it with no warning or official rationale, which they're saying in this uh, article that I'm looking at is the oddest thing about this development, that the company's been
0: completely mum about the whole thing. I swear that they were bought by somebody like a year or two ago.
2: But cans of this newly redesigned fat tire have reportedly been hitting shelves in markets such as Colorado and Michigan, and uh, the company's social media account has not commented on any of this, and fans have been po- posting photos oh, so of the new out. cans online in, in some some areas. Hmm. So, I, wh- so let me ask you this, and I realize you guys are a smaller brewery than sure, New Belgium, sure. but let's say that over the years... You guys come up with something new, and Yellow Rose, your flagship, your Mm -hmm. beer that really put you on the map, is first it's no longer your bestseller, then maybe sales decline uh, on it across the years. Is there a thing that you can do besides
1: reformulate i mean how would you deal with that because you got to run a business too i get that right right and you know i i think with something as iconic as fat tire is such a question mark you know because they've put so much money into the name and the marketing right and the, i mean the, the bicycles i mean just think about all the bicycles yeah. you've seen the grocery those, dude stores. a buddy of mine had one of those he used to ride it
0: around all the time he hey. got it in a in a like a, what do you call it a yeah lottery yeah, yeah. right right like a raffle or and, something and, and
2: good god what's harry bosch gonna drink yeah, well, could, you know, Harry Bosch I, drinks Fat Tire on in in the novels and in the uh, TV
1: series. It sounds like at at some point they uh, they were just kind of hoping so, that they. So they did sell, by the way. They did okay. Okay.
0: They sold to uh, international conglomerate. Uh, what was the name of that, Kieran? Kieran. Oh, they sold the Kieran. You're right. Yeah, I remember that. that happening. We and did. And we I sold, remember sold we were Kieran talking bought. about that being kind of the the beginning of the. But that's different than
1: Karen Ichiban because Karen Ichiban is owned by Anheuser Busch. Right. So it's a different Karen. It's not the Karen that you're getting at the sushi shop.
2: Okay. Interesting. Um, So, yeah, here's what I'm trying to figure out, though. At what point does something in your lineup become so iconic that you can't get rid of it? Also, they bought that's the same company
0: that bought Bells, by the way. Oh, interesting. Okay.
1: So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I knew that they've been sold, so I figured there's going to be changes happening. So this, yeah, is. so that may be what's driving this. Um, you know, for us, we, we <laughs> again, this is one of those things that I, I get told by people in the market uh, that we change the yellow rose recipe, which we have not. Uh, <laughs> no, it's ahead. the same. Trust I, me. I'll go ahead and that out there. We I've have had that. enough of it that I can tell you it's the same. Um, but you know, so man, it's <clears> tough <throat> because if it's not selling, it's not selling, and yeah, you know when. When you're a, a large corporation like that, I guess you have to make those sorts of decisions. Um, I, I would probably be more of a fan of retiring the beer. I mean, man, Fat Tire is one of those. Would, you know, it's like Sierra Nevada. Just come Kale up with Lale a new or, beer and change the name, yeah. or somebody else. Yeah, yeah right. Come up with a new beer
2: and so yeah. It, what I've always loved about Fat Tire, to be honest with you, is it is one of the beers that pairs best with cigars. That's not a stout or a porter, right? Sure. Uh, because a lot of times IPAs and, and the other beers that I really like to drink eh, can fight with the cigar a little bit. This uh, fat, fat Tire always, there's a chocolate note in it that m- m- works really, really well with cigar.
1: Speaking well, of beers that uh, pair well with uh, cigars, let's talk about making a barley wine. So, you know, the uh, we have made a barley wine. Um, it was our... Uh, I don't think I got to taste that. It was our anniversary beer, not, uh, it was our ninth anniversary beer. We made a a barley wine that turned out pretty good. um, But yeah, barley wines are great. And and Tornado Shark that we were talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. you know, it's an American strong ale, which when people ask me to describe that, I kind of tell them it's too big to be an amber, too small to be a barley wine, but it's kind of in that space right in between. Mm -hmm. Um, And a little hoppy. Mm -hmm. Um, And a little bit hoppy. You know, I I think that, you know, good malty beers like Mm. Fat Tire and like Tornado shark and and even relish to a certain extent. Um, you know they they just struggle to find popularity because everybody is you know really. I promise driven. I'll buy
0: and drink all I can. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and he means it too. You know I may have a bottle or two stashed away, so I'll see what I can find next no, time. That's good. Next time you come play out at the brewery, I'll yeah, see if I can yeah. uh, <laughs> see if I can get a, a bottle of that barley wine. But um, yeah, and then we did a we did a large scale release of barley wine um, that was not barrel aged. Uh, that we called the Wanderer that turned out really well too.
0: I never saw that.
1: So guys, it's time to sip your tequila,
2: and the reason is not just because I want to know what you think of it for the show, but it's also you because... mean it's time to
0: keep sipping my tequila. Yeah, there yeah.
2: you go, perfect. But it's uh... also also uh, because I have I want to ask the big question. So uh, so let's have some tequila, roll, and talk about it first, and then we'll do the big question. No, no, no. Tell, tell me about the tequila first. This is Corzo. Añejo tequila.
0: All right, if you well, like things delicious. like uh, pepper mm-hmm. and vanilla,
2: mm-hmm. then you're gonna like this. It's got
1: yes, pepper and vanilla are definitely the two big ones. I'd say. Yeah, almost no burn. It's just super duper smooth. I mean, you can tell that the age from the uh, you know from the barrels is really mellowed it. Did I mention to you, by the way? Speaking of mellow tequilas,
2: that um, I got a bottle of Skelly. I, I've been I've been. Uh, oh, you went ahead and bought it? No, I didn't. I got, I oh, get, you got given it, for it as a Christmas. gift. I got it for Christmas. And I hadn't bought one since they'd gotten so expensive. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, yeah, you know what? For another 50 bucks, I can get a Reserva de la Familia. And so I hadn't had Skelly in a little while. When I got this got gifted this bottle at Christmas, uh, I, I opened it. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's totally worth the price. It's totally worth Even it. Double the Even price double what we it used to be. Originally bought it for. You can still get it for under 100 bucks. It's going to be between 80 and $90 a still, bottle. Still. It's totally it's worth it. It's that kind of good. It's that kind of well, good. Well, we said
0: yeah. it when we first tasted it that this yeah. would easily be. Because it, it, it's one of the smoothest, easiest to drink. This, it's so yeah. dangerous. This is an outstanding tequila, by the way. I think so. It's delicious. I really like this. It's, I like it a lot. It's The agave note mm-hmm. is really nice with sweetness, the pepper. I'm getting just a is, little bit of that for the,
2: molasses with the vanilla
0: the uh, vanilla but still agave big, and pepper but i also big. love there's a little kiss of uh, oak bitterness on the finish that really rounds the whole thing out
2: mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 really impressive, and you can't miss this bottle on the shelf. By the way, it's the only one. No, it's like fantastic that. looking yeah, bottle. Yeah, it really is. Kind of a looks like a bottle they would use. Like, have you ever noticed like uh, on episodes of Star Trek, even like the old original series, they always use these crazy, fantastic yeah, the weird, bottles yeah, whenever they're, they're having like wine yeah. or or spirits or something. It's, it's always interesting. Um, let me ask you. Speaking of Star Trek, by the way, I just have to throw this in. I'm such a geek. My wife for Christmas got me tickets to this, and we went to it this weekend. It was at the Smart Financial Center in uh, Sugarland, and That's it a was great room. It's by a the wonderful way. room. It was a showing of the movie Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, followed by a Q and A with William Shatner. I was mm-hmm. in geek boy heaven. I just have to tell you, so my we wife to, totally knows what to do. We
0: went to one of those with, um, with uh, it was uh, the uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, mm-hmm. and the Q and A was with. Uh, with John Cleese, uh, John Cleese, oh, and it love was him. so good. I love it was him so. so fun. Oh yeah, he's he's one of the funniest. And men watching alive. Monty Python and a Holy Grail in a room full of people who are there yeah. to see Monty Python and yeah, Holy yeah. Grail, and, is and they're laughing.
2: Yeah, it's great. It's absolutely great. Uh, but anyway, um, so now that we're drinking tequila, let me get to the question. Yeah. You guys have built a wonderfully successful, small, but wonderfully successful um, craft brewery your respect level is off the charts this is this is how i see how people <laughs> how people see you guys you can tell me like if, if you total street cred if you see oh. it different but yeah you guys have got told kind of the way that a bells for example has this so they're just a brewery that has credibility they're not looked at as somebody that chases fads they're just looked at as somebody that that makes great beer and does it consistently and i think you guys in our area of the country have nailed this right Yes, that was a very easy question. Thank okay, you. I'll good. be uh, having a <laughs> Thank good time. That's our show. You? Thank right, you so goodbye. much. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, so, so let's say that in the next round of acquisitions, that big beer, they've now picked up the, you know, the Carbox and the uh, uh, Wicked Weeds and, you know, the uh, Goose Islands and, and not dissing any of those breweries at all. Those are good breweries. Um, but now let's say they're really looking for. What still eludes them, and that is credibility among the craft community, right? Mm-hmm. Because I mean and again, I'm not doing this to discarb, but they're a you know, fairly you know what would give A B Imbev credibility? What's that? If they made decent beer. <laughs> well, of
0: course. But they have
1: they're a chemical company, they're like Dow. They <laughs>
0: yeah. but, but they have they're like that, those those 80s commercials about Companies that don't actually you can't tell what the hell they're right, doing. Right. <laughs> but but think about this though. They have BASF. Acquired, we don't make the things that you enjoy, we, we make them better. Yeah. What, what the hell does that mean? <laughs>
2: but think about it though. A B and and others have acquired breweries that do make good beer. What they
0: haven't been able to buy, in my opinion, is credibility. They can't. And I know this is a question for him, but they can't buy credibility like that because the reason they're buying that beer is to make up for the 2 to 5% market share that they've lost because they can't stand the right. fact that someone else is buying beer that's now not they theirs. Can, and now they can cram carbon down the throat What was, what was it called in that book, that every 100% retailer. state of yeah. mind? Yeah. yeah, right. That Budweiser right. had instated back Right. Right, in, Yeah.
2: Like. So uh, a really great book. I'm sure you've read it. uh. uh Bourbon, Bourbon barrel and Selling, selling Out? out yeah. No. I oh, oh, so, you, so this okay. should be the next book you read. It is The Story of Goose Island, which was the first brewery to sell to Bush. I mean, after Anheuser you
0: get done with the next Expeditionary Force, of course. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: so here's my question. Let's say A, B, or or one of them. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be them. Um, looking for credibility comes to Lone Pint and makes you an offer that you can't refuse
1: sure you you gotta take that right um, you know look man uh, I, I'll tell you this when when we started Lone Pint 10 years ago mm-hmm. um, our, our whole thing and we started right around the time the Carbot guys did and I know Eric Warner and a lot of those Carbot guys right. and you know, I, I was in running clubs with a lot of their sales folks and mm-hmm. operations guys. And I, I still love all those folks, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're still good people. And, um, you know, and they still make some good beers. Yeah. And, and so, you know, there, there's nothing that's going to change that. The, um, the, the hard part about that question is, you know, when we started, we, we, me and my wife have a daughter, Samantha and, um, you know, my brother-in-law and his wife have three boys and, we we've always thought this is going to be a legacy company. We're going to be like the Yinglings. something you hand you down, down to, to your kids. Yeah, that we want to continue to grow this, and and, yeah. and uh, it was going to be a legacy company going forward. Um, that being said, I don't know if it's them rebelling or what, but nobody really seems that interested <laughs> in the families. So isn't that the way it always is, <laughs> right? If you'd done something else, they'd be like, Dad, we want to we want to brew our own beer. Right? Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, they're probably going to start a church or something. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, at, at the end of the day somebody says something with a B in it. Yeah. You can't not listen. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, no, I, I uh, that'll get, that'll get
0: your attention.
2: Yeah. Sure, you know, right? sure. and, it, and I'm a, and I'm a big believer in, you know, capitalism. Like uh, this is part of what you do yeah. in it's part of the American success story.
1: Right. But, but I, what I'll tell but, you is, is that conversation's never been had. And well, it's not something that we're, you know, when, when Carbox started um, anybody that knew them would tell you, that the guys that started it were distributors. They built it to sell it.
2: Right. A- and that and, was, was their business plan for that And there's
1: nothing wrong with that. And, and I, I've never faulted them because, I mean, yeah, they didn't really put that on the billboards, but that was kind of their deal. And... You know, I, they've still taken good care of the employees. A lot of their employees have yeah. stayed. And, and so. Yeah,
0: we've actually had them on the show before. Sure. Yeah. And,
1: and so this is not a dig against them, but that's just kind of how they did it. And that's that not, was their plan. Right. And that's yeah. not our plan. And that's not where we want to go. But come around talking about a billion dollars. We'll talk about it. Sure. Again. no, so, I understand. I, so I totally the next question is this. Size wise. Um,
0: how big do you want to get? Um like is it still growing right now? Is it still like expanding?
1: Yeah. So we're we're absolutely growing. Um during COVID, we expanded into the valley and we're now in all the major Texas markets. Um this year we're looking at going into um New Mexico, Louisiana and possibly awesome. old Mexico. Are you guys Love are you guys that.
0: getting to capacity yet?
1: Um yeah. So we've uh we've been working for the last couple of years trying to find property. We we're actively looking to expand. Um, you know, we're looking for you know, probably 10 to 15 acres to have a, a big beer garden and live music venue and, and you do guys, like a, a really nice. Because, I mean, right now our spot's great. Your but, spot is cool. Well, it is until in it's hot. a lot hot. of ways, yeah. <laughs> when it's hot, it's not a it's great It's hot. Spot, well, it's either. in well, yeah. Texas. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I mean, we like to have an indoor-outdoor space. Like so we like to have a lot the more. The first
0: time I played out there... Um we had to put up a pop-up just to put over our sound equipment. Yeah. Dude, I went to see So the uh, sun wasn't destroying the soundboard. I went sound to see sure.
2: I think you were there. I went to see a band called Mr. Plow play at Brash. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh so hot. The band was great, the beer was fantastic. I almost fainted.
0: It was so hot. You do hot. not have a hotter <laughs> It, was, it you do, was do not so have hot. a hotter place than Brash. <laughs> no Because that's all concrete. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and even in the brewery we have roll-up doors on both sides so that Eric can kind you of you can move have airflow. Yeah, yeah, Brash is thing. tough, man. Yeah, yeah, I love those guys. They, they I'm make, so glad they Vince make, is back, buddy. they make, yeah, they make so great good. beers. I love them. But yeah,
2: that's a hot place. That's a hot, hot yeah. place, especially in the summer. Uh, okay, so uh, um, I just want to, before we move completely away from it, say that this tequila is something that gets better and better. Like the fifth sip is better than the second one. You know, and it's so on. really good. It's, it's very dangerous. dangerous. Yeah, it's super right. dangerous. It's, because it goes down so easily. It's got this mm-hmm.
0: beautiful sweetness, too. Like, mm-hmm. I know people can kind of get turned off by sweet, but this has got this beautiful sweetness that just leaves you going, mm, I kind of want another sip. Corzo. So. Yeah, we call that the Doritos effect. Yeah. That's what it is. All right.
2: Uh, we How many more beers are we Two tasting? More. Two more. Okay, so let's do that in the next segment. We're going to take a break. We will return with a little drinking news and uh, More. To taste. From Lombard to taste. Smoking and toasted.
1: Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting.
2: Our program It's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. I and we're all enjoying all of those things. Well, we're not smoking right now, but we are definitely enjoying the craft beer and the fine spirits. Because that tequila uh, uh, corzo is pretty good pretty yeah, it's good
0: real good what uh, did you say the price point was on It's it? about 40 bucks that's crazy yeah yeah so all, right, all you guys out there this tequila is way too expensive don't ever buy it yeah that's right because they don't at want least, it to become popular but at least Corzo not for the next
2: several hours so we can go grab one
0: <laughs> at 40 bucks man
2: yeah uh you know ian speaking of things that are expensive which this tequila is not for uh any that's that good uh but when cigar companies release uh Limited editions for the Chinese Zodiac. They typically focus on the animal that represents the current year yeah, yeah. of the Chinese Zodiac, right? The current lunar year. E.P. Carrillo has decided to take this 11 steps further, and they've created a set that includes the complete collection of animals. From 2023's year of the rabbit to last year's tiger, there's a cigar in this luxurious box set for everyone's Zodiac sign. The really? set is called the Aura E.P sheng chow limited edition and the tobaccos are purportedly aged a minimum of five years you can save each cigar for its appropriate year uh or you can smoke them irrespective of the zodiac calendar either way this fancy humidor will not come cheap it comes in a humidor well a box that doubles as a humidor essentially you gotta love that It's $1,000. Oh, that's it? That works out to $83.33 a cigar. Oh, shit. So that's like not, that's further than, you know, you were saying, oh, what, did they put out something out that was 20 bucks? That made
0: me say a bad word. Yeah, I
2: know. But you're going to have to stop that, by the way. We're going to be syndicated.
0: Well, I love that idea. Yeah, so. (laughs) So I need to cuss up while I can, right?
2: And by the way, you know, before the syndication starts, we need to give Chris Hart one more chance to come on on the show and just drop the F-bomb 5000 (laughs) times like he he does. do it on his own show he comes on our show and it's f-bomb this oh i know it's crazy it's crazy all right speaking of uh, uh things that are crazy it's time for the segment of the program that people seem to love and no one really knows why ladies and gentlemen it's time for drinking news drinking news
0: drinking news now it's time for drinking news drinking news drinking news Now it's time for drinking news A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh I had to take my gator to the vet Drinking news, drinking news Now it's time for drinking news
2: Cheers, y'all All right, I'd like to begin this week's drinking news By mentioning a personal peeve of mine uh, since it has to do with pets, it's most definitely a pet peeve in more ways than one, and my dad will have enjoyed that horrible pun. Uh, <clears throat> I'm an animal lover. I've had cats and
0: dogs and chickens and even a ferret once. Oh, you know what? I'm glad you said that because I'm going to post a picture yeah. of my brand new puppy. Yeah. Her name is Abby. I have seen your puppy. I'm going to post I've a picture seen. of it right here. My wife right showed me here. a picture on Facebook, and it's awesome. She is
2: She's the cutest fat belly puppy ever. She looks like the greatest (laughs) thing ever. Now, I have had a ferret, actually. And by the way, I would not recommend having a ferret. Turns out that it wasn't until I had purchased this animal and agreed to share my home with Mr. Wheeze, that's what I named him, uh, that I came to the realization that ferrets are not particularly good at finding the litter box, contrary to what I had been told. That's why you named it Mr. Wheeze. And not only that, They also poop their weight every three to four hours. I'm exaggerating, but not by much. Not by much. Trust me. Uh, There's nothing quite like opening your underwear drawer to find that Mr. Wheeze has left you a little gift on top of your boxers. And actually, let me correct that. It's not really a little gift at all. It's surprisingly large, given the size of the animal. Yeah, they're, they're
0: they're surprisingly, like, dexterous, yeah, too, yeah, aren't they? Yeah,
2: they are. They are. Despite these issues, though, I did love Mr. Weeze, and I eventually found him a great home with a crazy ferret lady named Velma Scoggins who had dozens of them. But uh, it's not really important right now. <laughs> what, I, what I want to address is true, by the way, but it's not important right now. What I want to address today— Oh, <laughs> I love that we get to see a little bit into your mind yeah, here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I admit it's not pretty. Um. Uh, What I want to address today, though, is the annoying habit that many cruel people have of dressing their pets up in little human outfits. You know, like those beagles that are forced to wear
0: like a reindeer nose and fake antlers at Christmas time. Okay, (laughs) hold on. Slow down. So uh, I was at Ernie's one night. Ernie's was a cool little bar over in a Montrose. I was at Ernie's one night, and there was a -a basilope there. Mm Mm-hmm. It was a basset hound with the antelope ears. and it was At least amazing. there's a reason for that.
2: I'm talking about people who, you know, uh, want to put little hats and coats on their cats and stuff it's like that. It's so cute. It's undeniably clear that the animals don't like this. And in fact, if it's cats we're talking about, there's no doubt in my mind that they are quietly planning their revenge on you for humiliating them in this way. And you, my friend, will pay. You won't see it coming, and you will pay. Your cat has vowed this towards you. But even worse than dressing animals up in stuff they should never be wearing would be altering their appearance in more substantial ways just so you can go viral on social media. That's what happened when a Florida man used hair dye on an unwitting little Pomeranian oh. to turn its fur yellow and red to make it look like the Pikachu character from Pokemon. And if you're watching video of the show, you'll see it right here. And and I'm not sure I've ever felt worse for an animal in my life. Sarah McLaughlin should actually insert this photo into that commercial she does for helping abused pets. You know, the one that that has, you know, it can make all the, no, no, wait, no, wait, no, wait. Uh, the one that could make the most hardened among us cry while she sings about the arms of the angel. I'll bet donations would skyrocket with this photo of little Pikachu puppy in there. Uh, and that would be good because it's a very good cause. Jump jumped the gun. Our Florida man, you know, it's a little confusing. Our Florida man, who is the owner of world famous puppies in the Miami area was apparently looking to drum up publicity for his pet store when he took the Pikachu pup to a Miami Heat game where the yellow and red dog could be seen by the TV cameras just behind the bench where the basketball players sit when they're not on the court. World-famous puppies actually has had a lot of publicity, but not exactly the kind that they want. Since it was opened less than two years ago, they've received 16 citations from authorities, most of which were from customer complaints that the store had sold them sick dogs world famous indeed Florida law in Doral County apparently states that it's unlawful for any person to possess sell or otherwise transfer within the county any dyed or artificially colored rabbit or other animal the owner the owner tried claiming that the Pomeranian was not actually for sale but was his personal pet but he was given the citation anyway
0: In the
2: people your dogs Your cats, your hamsters do not want to be painted or dyed. They don't want to be dressed up like little elves or Charlie Chaplin or Donald Trump or Flo from the progressive insurance commercials. No, it's degrading. And again, I will warn cat owners could ultimately put you in harm's way because cats are devious and cunning little creatures, and they will have their revenge. Reporting live from Florida... I'm getting a little teary-eyed right now. My name is Cruz, and that is your Drinking News. May you find...
0: Drinking News, (laughs) Drinking News. Now it's time for Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all.
2: You know, I'm willing to bet that if any shows you go on to talk about your beer, we're the only
1: one that has a live ukulele playing. <laughs> yeah, on, this on is true. Show. But I, I'm not going to lie to you. My uh, my wife uh, bought sequined and glittered cowboy hats for our cats.
2: See, why do people do I don't understand the motivation. <laughs> she
1: decided she was going to train them. <laughs> um. <laughs> good luck with that, because right. cats
2: are so trainable. Yeah, no, it didn't
1: work out. But uh, we still have the hats, so let me know if okay. you want to borrow <laughs> I'll think of something.
2: All right, so we're moving to double yellow roast. Now I this have, this I just have, came out, right?
0: I have two cats, and one of them already hates me just for putting a collar on her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine <laughs> dressing so, them up like so Charlie mad. Chaplin or something? <laughs> yeah, no, not good.
2: Not good. So,
0: double
1: yellow rose. This is this is relatively new, right? Yeah. So uh, we did double yellow rose for our tenth anniversary. Oh, nice. uh, this is So beautifully good. So we always we always do a big anniversary release. Um, typically, it's been barrel aged in the past. Like we did a Chardonnay barrelled uh, yellow rose. We've mm-hmm. done the barley wine that we did last year that you didn't get. Uh, which I'll try to find something. <laughs> place, but, um, and then that sad Ian face you're seeing there. Right. So this year, um, you know, we wanted to do something special, it being our 10th anniversary. So, um, you know, we've been asked for years and years, you know, yellow rose so popular, why don't you do a double yellow rose? And so finally we we did it. So we relented and listened and and we did it and it <laughs> turned out great. Um, so I, I, I'm really, it really happy with it. Uh, and it, so it's not exactly double, right? So it's uh, 10% ABV, so mm-hmm. it's uh, no slouch for sure. And it's 90 IBUs where uh, regular rose is 68. So. But what you
2: did, though, is you captured, I think, just perfectly what yellow rose would taste like at this higher ABV. Right. Like it, it's just, it still has that balance to it, even though the balance happens up here I and down here. I
0: you love know? that it tamps down, because the higher ABV tamps mm-hmm. down the uh, the bitter a little mm-hmm. bit. And, um, but you still have that full, like, there's a maltiness to the yellow rose that's undeniable.
1: So,
2: regular yellow rose is what's 6.8, I think? Yeah. Well, and, and,
1: and no, so it's this six point, one's, it's 6.2. It's yeah, 6.8. Or, no, I'm sorry, it's 6.8. <laughs> yes, yeah, and 62 IBUs. Yeah, and 62 IBUs. So, and yeah. your
2: double is 90 IBUs and 10%. 10% so, yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's good. Ian, this is this is your kind of this. Does this remind you of like a ninety minute or I something broke like mine. that? Yeah, I think you did. No,
0: it's great. I actually uh, I remember when I first saw it on a shelf, I bought it immediately and tried it, and was <clears throat> absolutely loving it. Like so, like I said, you know, I you know, I'm not the the um, uh, the the IPA person, but there are certain IPAs when it's so good and so balanced. Mm -hmm. Like I make the exception like they're so good and so balanced and I'm not (laughs) sorry if it comes across as I'm the judge of your beer, but um, (laughs) I'm not I'm not to be all in all judge of IPA's because frankly, it's a style that I like only within certain boundaries. boundaries, Yeah. And it's got to be like it's got to have a balance because I've I've had a lot of West Coast. I will tell you so and and you'll understand it's like stone IPA's were amazing. Are where they sold? I saw, I don't know. I'm, I'm sold, a little confused yeah. by that whole situation. Yeah. But they were amazing, in that they, they were exactly what they were supposed to be, and hopefully will continue to be amazing. And they were ridiculous. And some of them I liked, and some of them I didn't. But I love that about them. Um, but there's a lot of IPAs out there that are just so unbalanced. Like they're either so bitter that it's like, and who cares about that?
1: Or um, or they're just they just taste like orange juice or grapefruit so i feel like the early 90s right was kind of the arms race of ipa yes. so well, that's it, a good and, way to put it and and so it was like let's see how happy we can make this and, and you had like the plinies of the world that mm-hmm. were using extracts and sugars to really dry things out and then using you know hop extracts and other things to really Pump up that hoppy bitterness, and and you had Stone out there telling people, Don't even drink this, it's so hoppy, you're not even gonna be able to enjoy it. Yeah, you're not (laughs) worthy. It was on the label, you know. They were like, We hate you, don't you, don't buy our stuff, arrogant bastard. You're not worthy, remember that, Mm -hmm. you know. And so, that was kind of the thing, right? And so, that was not, we didn't want to have a kitsch beer, you know, we wanted to make things that were balanced, and you know, we have Jabberwocky that's uh, our you know, all the time, double IPA, mm-hmm. it's 114 IBUs. And people look at that and go, oh, my God, that's got to be crazy. And you go, no, we'll drink it because it's actually way more balanced than, yeah, the, the, Jamil numbers. Good. than nice. the numbers show. Yeah. Right? I love so, this. Yeah, this turned out great. You know, if you if you like yellow, if you like yellow rose, man, double yellow rose is just, it's, you know, bigger brother. Mm-hmm. And and it, it retains, though, the the taste that lets
0: like, you know it's, it's like yellow has it's some some sneakers it's mm-hmm. it's right. faster, stronger, of yeah. higher.
2: <laughs> yeah. Speaking of new sneakers, by the way, just this is random, but if you haven't watched it, you must watch the movie Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. It's it's an animated stop motion so, animation. So okay. So I it had never break
0: even, your heart, and you will love life in a whole different. way. I had way. never even heard of Marcel right? the Shell. I'm right, aren't I? With yeah. shoes on, yeah. until just a few weeks ago yeah. when my sister was in town, and her yeah. kids apparently love that. It and started was as showing like me a, some Instagram shorts. thing or something. Yeah. And she said, "And there's a movie out. Also, like, this is hilarious that you're telling me that." I'm just telling you, it'll change your life. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying
2: is it'll change your life. That's quite kind funny. of like Double Yellow Rose. It'll change your life. It seems to me like
0: it's one of those. It's going to be one of those pointless movies, like uh, uh like uh, what's it? uh, Dynamite. Um, oh, Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite. Oh no 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 no. It's... Oh no, no, not at all.
2: Not at all. Just watch it. Just watch it. I'm serious. Noted. Okay. It'll it'll open. It'll open your eyes and your heart in a way that you. Uh, Didn't realize needed to be open.
0: Now you know I'm not comfortable. Jong is is nodding. He's seen it. You know I'm not comfortable. I only have two feelings, and they're anger and frustration. Okay. And (laughs) and when they get mixed up, man, (laughs) shit gets weird, buddy. (laughs) I'm just saying. Uh, Yeah. No. I hate to open that up too much. Then
2: you, in fact, need. (laughs) <laughs> to spend about an hour and twenty eight minutes with Marcel the shell with shoes on. That's what you need. That's what you need. I can't believe I went there, but that, the, I'm telling you, folks, you will Marcel, not regret it. The show. Marcel the shell with shoes on? on. Yeah. All right. So back to beer. <laughs> yeah. right, so, back to beer. <laughs> this
1: this is just so we, we tackle the hard. Yeah, I know. So I was really about thinking about like topics. You know, I can't even imagine what this is about. this movie Marcel the shell with shoes on yeah it's just
2: about it's about the shell with one eye and he goes through life and and
1: tries to maintain a positive attitude and it's challenging yeah I uh, the whole uh, "How to Train Your Octopus" or whatever—you know—the do you see the octopus documentary where the oh, guy like lives the an octopus? My free octopus uh, teacher. I, you know, I've yeah, seen yeah, that. that. I thought that was I've great. Seen, yeah, that, yeah. I haven't watched it, but I've seen the little clip from okay, so it. Did you like man? it? it just totally, yeah. Okay, you, of so course, you, you like that, but, I mean, it just totally ruins you on like marine biology because, right. like, <laughs> like
2: spoiler—it doesn't turn out okay, well. Okay, but if you liked that. You will love Marcel the Shell.
0: With does Even it does it glom to his face like one of those things on Star Trek? No, no, it's it's. Oh, we're talking about the octopus. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> no. talking about. The octopus oh, no. does it glom no. to his face like those Star Trek. Uh, we're talking no. about yeah. Marcel the Shell.
2: No, he doesn't. Oh no,
1: either.
0: We're, we're we're getting mixed up here.
2: Yeah, yeah. we are. But <laughs> see, this is what. And Corzo it works. Here's the reason that yeah. Here's the reason that I don't mind this is because this is what happens when you have beers and spirits and you have these kind of discussions. These yeah. are the best discussions. This is what life's about, in my opinion. And life's all also about double yellow rose. I've <laughs> decided. Yeah. So this is this is great. Now at this point, you've got double yellow rose. You've got. Remind me what you were saying a minute ago. That your is your other uh, IPA that uh, Yellow Rose, your other double? No, no, no. Oh, no Jabberwocky. The Jabberwocky, Jabberwocky. Yeah, yeah. thank yeah, you. Yeah. So you got Yellow Rose, you got Jabberwocky, you got occasionally six six seven.
1: Uh huh. Will you guys continue to try different IPAs? Yeah, So that's part of what our file series is, right? So once a quarter we do um, an IPA with a. It's a single hopped IPA, and um, and we we either pick something that um, is kind of a classic hop that we mm-hmm. we think everybody should try like we did Centennial not too long ago, which mm-hmm. has been kind of a hop standard for a very, yep. very long time. It's one of the big C's. Um, but sometimes, you know, we, we do, um, experimental stuff with, um, hops that aren't even named yet, um, or, or things that we work very closely with our hop distributor and try and find kind of new and up and coming things that it gives us an opportunity to try. So, um, yeah, we're obviously going to continue doing the IPA step. We're also doing a lot of other things. I mean, we have a Berliner Weiss that's going to be coming out. Oh, I, fun. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Um, I brewed a bunch of that last week. Um, it's a, a very kind of uh, innovative deal because we're using a um, a yeast that produces the sourness instead of souring mm. it with bacteria. Oh. Um, so that's kind of a cool, fun. A cool new deal. Backward. And, uh, and
2: it, like these uh, experimental uh, quarterly IPAs that you're doing, uh-huh. something like this Berliner Weiss, Will that show up at retail or do we have to come to the
1: Yeah, no. For that? So um almost everything we do on a large scale goes to retail. Um we do have a lot of taproom only stuff like uh, you know, our our small barrel batch stuff like the um bourbon barrel uh, undead that we're about to try. That's uh tap room only. But for the most part, most of our most of our things come all the way to market. Uh, but there's always neat and interesting and and experimental stuff at the brewery. So we we do encourage people all to right. come up and try some of that, but uh, we'll try the uh, all right. Well, let's get let's get into this. Undead next. So, let's get into this last one here. So, undead is a uh, is named after undead head Ed, which is um, mm-hmm. a buddy of ours, Ed Condon, who is a, a large uh, homebrewing inspiration for a lot of people in the area. Um, but this is a ghost pepper porter that we use uh, a couple of pounds of ghost chilies uh, making it. We use some in the boil, and then we we make a tea out of some. And then uh, this one has actually been aged for 14 months on Yellow Rose Outlaw bourbon barrels. Oh, nice. So nice. Uh, we'll give this a shot and see what you guys All think right. about this.
2: So while, um, while you're pouring this, let me ask you uh, this question. When you guys started in the garage, was it a hobby that turned into a business? Or did you start out thinking,
1: you know what I want to do is I want to Learn to brew and do a brewery. No, so it, it definitely started out as a hobby. Um, and my uh, my wife and her brother um, he had been homebrewing since college, mm-hmm. and uh, she decided that uh, she was an oil and gas. She decided she didn't like her job anymore. She wanted to go out and start a franchise or something. And she got to talking to so her brother. So,
2: Subway or this, right? Right? You're right? So. <laughs>
1: Uh, she was talking to her brother, Trevor, and and he said, look, you know, I've been brewing for a long time. I think we could do a, a brewery. And, um, and this was what year? So this was, oh man. So we actually started in 2012. So this is probably like 2004 wow. or so. And so, um, they started brewing every weekend, um, in the garage, you know, and they mm-hmm. basically took Trevor's garage and turned it into a 20 gallon brewery and they brewed every weekend. And um we were all part of a running club together and um so Heather and I met and I had been home brewing on my own and um so it was kind of one of those things where she was like oh I'm starting a brewery and I'm like oh I'm starting a brewery and um but we were both quite far from starting a brewery right <laughs> uh, but her her and Trevor were light years beyond where I was so we all got together and kind of had this shared passion of of brewing and running and and we had a lot of stuff that we didn't come. And so it, it just kind of worked out and, that's uh, so cool, that's and it, it grew into something and, and we kept our day jobs for a year and a half, you know, yeah. we, we worked all week and then brewed on weekends. Worked all and, week
2: and brewed all weekend. Yeah, and
1: then, you know, we, you know, we brew all weekend and then go back to work on Monday. And, you know, we went like that for a long time until we were able to kind of phase ourselves out and, and start paying ourselves, which is always the goal when you start a new business, right? See, right sure.
2: So around what time did, um,
1: bottles of yellow rose become available at retail so we started the brewery we shipped our first kegs november 30th of 2012 um okay. and the first keg actually it's heartbreaking it went to griff's um, oh, which, they, which burned did you down hear about week. griff's yeah yeah so, so sad uh, they we we had a, a very good friend of ours um that uh worked there and so uh we we did our first keg ever at griff's it was a keg of 667
2: uh, nice. And
1: um, in, in on November thirtieth, twenty twelve, and so about a year, year and a half after that, we started in the seven hundred and fifty milliliter, like champagne style bottles, and, mm-hmm. and Yellow Rose was uh, one of the early ones to that. So, okay. I would say probably twenty fourteen or so, without going back and really looking at it, but it was it was around that time.
2: It's it's amazing to me, you know, if you look at a journey like this, because this wasn't necessarily a journey where you said we're going to take over the beer world. You no. were just passionate about making. Uh, beer that you loved and making it available to people, and I think that's, uh, to me, it's what the craft beer thing really has become about. And that's not to knock the people who went into it to, you know, to make money. That's that's fine if you if you make good beer and people like it and you make money, more power to you. But I, I love the, I don't know. I guess it's I guess it's kind of like the music thing, you know. I don't begrudge certain bands that become. Insanely popular, sure. But some of my favorites aren't very popular at all. Mm -hmm. You know. Well,
0: so that's it. There's a tough line. If if you're a brewery or a band, um, the problem is when it's when it's yours, when it belongs to you, when you are like the hey, there's this place that I know of, Mm -hmm. and you don't know about it, but I'm going to introduce you to it. That's a personal thing. Like I can bring you and show you this. And then the problem is when that becomes ubiquitous mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you feel a little betrayed because that used to be yours you know what i mean R- and sure that's, right i and, think and
2: now if everybody knows about it it's not as cool well yeah <laughs> and
0: suddenly it's not as cool suddenly it's sold out or whatever right um but but the truth is, like, you know, I, I, I want you guys to grow. I want you guys to be awesome. And you know what? If someone comes up with the letter B, yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, you know,
1: you got to buy me lunch. Well, right, that's it. All, you all I ask is to you be invited saying? to the party. That's all. Yeah. you're just buying me
0: lunch. And it'll it right. be
1: a hell of a party. And then we'll start another little brewery that does even right. better see. That, that's that totally the way to do and it. So, and yeah. so yeah. there's <laughs>
0: there's fun involved in that. and and then uh, But the truth is, I love where you guys are right now. Like this, by the okay. way. This is what I drank the entire night. All right, so, well, I, I may have started off with a couple of gentlemen's relish, but this is what <laughs> I drank the entire night last time I, I was out there. So i got to speak to
2: this because this is significant for me. Yep, This is the first beer with a pepper uh, flare to it with pepper in it that I would actually go out and pay money and buy. I am just not a fan of this particular... Genre. I have a tendency to say things like, "I like my food spicy. I like to wash it down with good beer," mm. but this is delicious, and it does not overdo the the pepper. Is there, but it doesn't just like run like a train wreck through your taste buds,
1: and I love that. And that's why I did it last. You know, is it's one of those things that you know you drink on a cold day, and and you know it's Texas, and, and yeah we get about three of those yeah right we've already had but, two of them there'll right. be one you, more before spring. on the next one you know drink yeah, this right. and it, no, it's but, got that nice warming after a pint but it, you don't get that spice like no, it's not a gimmick
2: to me like I, I will tell you the worst beer i've ever tasted was the dos equis mexican ipa i or mexican pale ale i'm sorry mexican pale ale it's so infused with pepper that it's, it's undrinkable, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And and listen, I'll drink some pretty bad beers and still enjoy them. Yeah. But but I, I thought this was just undrinkable. And and I just have a thing, even uh, even like No Labels, uh, like they're... they're What's um, the name of that one? Oh, the Don Jalapeno. Yeah, Don Jalapeno. Like, I enjoy that's tasting it. Yeah. yeah. I enjoy tasting it, but it's not something so I would I'll ever So I'll be honest, go, that's...
0: Right, let me buy a six-pack of that, you that's know? That's one I love telling... I love telling the guys this when, when we who, had them on. we were talking to them. Uh, that's one that I bought because I was like, well, it's interesting. I don't usually like spicy in my drink. Mm-hmm. I like uh, savory is okay, but not yes. spicy in my drink. I love spicy food, like spicy mm-hmm. food, not mm-hmm. spicy drink. This is very different. Yes. This is one that's very different. But uh, the Don Jalapeno is a funny story because I bought a six pack of that when it very first came out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And boy, did it have the jalapeno! Like, yes, it's strong, it's big strongly time.
2: peppery. Strongly and I drank jalapeno. a bottle of it. I strong
0: jalapeno. <laughs> Probably not going to do that. But then my wife came home from the grocery store, and she had some brats. Mm. And let me tell you about the perfect thing: the don jalapeno. You cook uh, some brats, yeah. you, you boil them in don jalapeno, don jalapeno mm-hmm. and then you finish them on the grill. That sounds good. Yeah. holy cow
1: now, my wife's a huge fan of don jalapeno but she also loves the uh have you ever had the ghost face killer it's made mm-hmm. by twisted mm-hmm. pine mm-hmm. I, haven't had that. No, I haven't no it's had a total it. gimmick beer you yeah. can only drink like a half yeah. a shot of it She'll drink, she's the only no, it's person it's too on much my, it's too much she's the only person on the planet that i know that can drink of a full pint. ghost and, face uh, <laughs> yeah and so my wife heather's an amazing person but Holy cow! This is hot, <laughs> and, um, and and it's such a gimmick. But just one sip, and you need a glass of water to put it out to right. drown so out the beer. Yeah, there's, <laughs> a,
0: there's only a couple of spicy beers. This I couldn't believe! Like this is so good, and you can taste the chili. It's in fabulous. There, it's fabulous. But a chili though. flavor with a kiss of heat. Um, the the uh, so uh, uh but Eureka Heights that- makes their um. They make one that's spicy as well. That's interesting. Oh, it's and got they, the udders on it or something. Yeah, oh, yes, caliente. That's right, caliente. Thank you. Yeah. That's it. I love those guys. Yeah, guys awesome. dude, like Joel's a good friend of mine. Yeah. Man, I love those guys. He's been on the show a couple times too. So. Casey's good people. Yeah, yeah, you know, Casey's fun. Folks. Um, but uh, but yeah, Mucaliente is one of those, and that's right on the edge for me. Like, there's mm-hmm. almost a little more heat than I want in a drink, mm-hmm. but it's pretty good. And especially some of the barrel aged ones that they've done. This right here, though, is on another level. This is,
1: this is. So I, I think that the unaged version is a little bit warmer. I think some of the capsaicin comes out mm-hmm. in the barrel, uh, but you definitely there there's no vanilla or chocolate in this. When I was uh, there, well, there's wow, all of that's get, coming from the barrel. Get, I was gonna say you get all of that on, on so the palate. Yeah. yeah.
0: When I was there, you had two different barrels, though. You had the bourbon barrel, and you had a
1: different barrel of the same thing. That's why you got to come see us at the brewery. What was the other barrel? <laughs> um, port barrel? Yeah, we've done some port barrel stuff. We uh we actually have Tornado start coming up in peach brandy barrels. Ooh, oh, that oh, should oh, be oh, interesting. <laughs> I have that carbonating right now in, in my uh, cold room, so that's man. That's on the docket. That's nice fun. So can yeah. you
2: come back on the show when that's ready? Yeah, in fact, I'm also uh
1: we are also doing a uh, Jabberwocky with uh mm. Thai chilies and lemongrass. Mm, Uh, interesting Yeah, so that should be interesting too so so what other styles of beer would you like to see you guys
2: venture into things that you haven't done yet that you'd like to do
1: man i don't know you know I, i we're always looking at different stuff and we did a white style last year that was popular that you know and i don't know i i just people are like oh you must always drink your beer when you go out to bars and it's like no i drink everybody else's beer because mm-hmm. you're always looking for you know different ideas inspiration and, and things and so, yeah. and, and so man, maybe, it, maybe there, it, there's a lot of popular stuff that i just don't get yeah. uh, but you know there, every once in a while you see something and you're like oh that's amazing i want to learn more about that and that's the fun part about beer is that there's so much to learn. And there's and there's so much to try. Yeah, yeah. There's so much to try, yeah. You can take it in a 100 different directions, whether it's, you know, really diving into quality assurance or making sure that scientifically we have perfect, clean beer or you can go into the, like, different styles. And there's always a different place to, you know, find more knowledge and inspiration. And I love think it. that's what we're always kind of looking for. Absolutely. All right, so uh,
2: we're going to take a break and we'll come back to wrap the show up. But uh, let me just encourage you guys to keep, uh, I mean, keep, like, Plowing forward, like continue to discover and try these new and crazy things. Because to me, that's that's what makes you guys unique, in my opinion. That and
1: the Yellow Rose. Well, you know, 10 years in, we're still excited and we still love what we do. We love the New Times soon. Love so. that. Uh, we are going someplace. We'll be
2: right back. It's Smoking a Toast. this program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Welcome back, smoking and toasting. It's our program that uh, has gone. we I was going to mention this at the top of the show, and I didn't. This is episode number three eleven. Three eleven, as you know, is uh, a uh, rock and roll band out of the Midwest. I think that's a new. I'm metal. down, down. And, and uh, three, they chose their name because I think where they're from, the police code three eleven means uh, loud and obnoxious.
1: Oh, I thought it was indecent exposure
2: well, it is in in some places i I uh, was reading about this as we as I was setting up uh, doing the show. It means different things in different
1: areas of the country Well, we didn't have the internet when they came out right
2: so. right, so everybody kind of had their own thing three eleven means guess. something different in one place in uh some places it means indecent exposure in some places it means loud and obnoxious, and in I think California it means uh, drug uh it causes
0: uh cancer and lab rats yeah something oh, like that maybe. Yeah. Okay, but but whatever i just it means, assume everything in california causes cancer in lab rats so.
2: well you know as as ian likes to say about california it's it's a state that really has their act together because in california you can smoke anywhere that you want to as long as it's not inside or outside
0: yes Anywhere else Other is... than that,
2: you're all good. Freedom, baby. Yeah, That's what, that's what it's all about. <laughs> no, uh, you know, we uh, pick on California, but we did a great show there. That was, uh, that was a was blast. It was one of the most fun shows we've ever done, actually. It was in uh, uh, the we, Beverly Hills Cigar Lounge. We did it in California. the loft of this yeah, it was awesome. cigar lounge. And was the so people cool. downstairs, like they had no idea like what we were all about. Okay, I, now, when I I'm say they had no they idea, they're,
0: they're not like, oh, what are those guys doing? No, like, these people... We're on a level where they didn't even understand what a podcast what what right, any right. kind of like right. like, they were and like we're upstairs, we're drinking, we're smoking,
2: no. it's like yeah. yeah. <laughs> But uh,
1: but that's L.A. for you, you know? We haven't had radio in L.A. in 300 years. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I've
2: been to L.A., and I'm pretty sure that's true. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure it's true. Uh, man, we sure want to thank you. Blake niederhofer has been our guest uh, today from Lone Pine uh, Brewery, Magnolia, Texas. I, I got to tell you, we are, as I, I'm sure you can tell, we're huge fans of what you guys do. Uh, we love it. We want you to keep experimenting. We want you to keep trying new things. Ian wants you to try a barley wine. I want you to keep trying wacky, crazy new hops. Uh this is but this is part of what makes all this so much fun. What to me makes this this isn't just about I like to drink. You although can do I a do a big
0: burly porter too. I yeah.
2: like
1: those. Uh, I love yeah, porters. So yeah. technically,
2: uh this is a porter. I was gonna
1: ask if it was, because it it kind of goes down like a porter. So Ed you calls it, Ed, this, Ed right calls am it a Am I drinking the rest of this? Is uh, else mm-hmm. And if Ed Condon's listening, uh, we all know it's not really a porter. Yeah, well, um, the reality is it drinks a lot like a porter. Well, a porter is <laughs> like a stout light, right? <laughs> right. But port, you <laughs> like know, the think about porter... Say that. What? Say again? Well, I said they say that. But it, there's a lot. It, it uh, goes I, into... See, I, I actually almost prefer porters to stouts
2: because there's a, there's a more nuance to the flavor, in my opinion. Stouts... Like I get, it. I love I love a great stout, but there's something out of Porter, like the five one two pecan Porter out of Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. That is a sensational beer. That's I, a pretty good beer. I think it's I think it's awfully good. Do you like it? You, you got quiet, so you I wonder if no, it's not a bad. beer you like.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's not one that I drink a lot, but I've, I've had it, and it is, mm-hmm. a, it is a solid beer. I don't drink a lot of porters, to be yeah. completely honest. I'm, I don't
2: either, but when I do, um, <laughs> so I, when it, when I it don't gets, often drink porters. See, see, so, so I, do, I love...
1: When it gets super-duper cold, I'm a I'm a big, heavy, stout, like, porters-like oil kind of... Uh, so stout. check it I'm out. Brother when it gets kind. cold, I love ESBs,
0: porters... Barley wines and stouts, and kind of in that order. Yeah, yeah I love imperial. IPAs. Uh, when it's hot <laughs> outside, I love ESBs, uh-huh. porters, stouts, barley wines, and, and when it's when it's tepid outside, I like ESBs, porters, so barley wines. Here's, here's, you get what, the idea.
2: Rose. here's what you have to take. <laughs> I do actually love the <laughs> yellow rose, but here's what you have to take away from this: the guy on the show. Me that is like an IPA fanatic picks yours as one of the best ever.
1: Well, I very much and appreciate the that.
2: guy who is not an IPA fanatic picks yours as one of the best ever. I mean that's that's a pretty that's uh, pretty sensational. not that our endorsement matters, but it's that's still pretty. <laughs> well, I mean mine does. still pretty. Well, well, not that my endorsement matters. Ian's does, yes, mine does. Yeah. Because he's Ian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, listen, we, I, if I could say one thing to you,
1: it's like, please keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, well, I had a because blast. It, it
2: brings us great joy.
1: Yeah. And I, I I hope to come back and share some of our new stuff with you guys. I would we, love like, for you to you do guys. that.
2: In fact, anytime you got something new, right. uh, just contact Mary and go. Hey, we got something new. Let's bring it on the show and bring some of the old stuff, and we'll uh, we'll around and enjoy it and, and sit drunk. around and get drunk, and we'll uh, we'll, uh, <laughs> uh, we'll, do, we'll, we'll we'll do drinking news, and we'll have uh, we'll have a good time. As you can tell, um, we we have plenty of detours that we are totally willing to take during the show. So, Absolutely, uh, it is what it is. Um, Ian, uh, I uh, I just. What's to say, brother? I appreciate you. I love and appreciate you. Yeah. and thank There's you so much man. for thank being so here, right man. man. Thank, me. You, thank you. This has been a great show. Thank you to everyone for coming along with us for number three eleven in Decent Exposure. And cheers, you down.